Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. So not too bad at all as we head across June. I suppose it could be behaving better. It is June after all, as the fellow says, but that's the way it goes. Now, uh, paper-wise today, of course, you're hearing it in the news. One jab, two jab, Janssen, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, all these different uh, vaccines. And it, go- it does seem at this stage that, um, you know, luck is with you if you get the right one. And some of them, of course, are more effective than others and what have you. Like this morning, the Irish Independent is saying public health in England has previously told us uh, that uh, that one dose of AstraZeneca or Pfizer gives just 33% protection, protection against the Delta variant. Uh, which originated in India. And that's what they're very worried about in the UK, and we're getting worried about it here as well. Uh, but that's why they're saying that one dose, say, of Astra won't allow you to travel. The Independent says 400,000 people who got one dose of AstraZeneca warned that they won't or can't, and there's a big difference between the two, um, foreign travel won't be included without the, without the second shot. So one dose isn't enough, and if, if that was ever needed to be proved... It's the very sad story of Bernie in the front of this morning's Echo. Her daughter, Valerie O'Connor from Blarney Street, tells how she lost her mother, Bernie, a Cork woman. Her mother succumbed to COVID-19 weeks after her first vaccination. She got the first jab against the virus and she passed away. And she's appealed to people who have been vaccinated to continue to remain vigilant. Uh, we are forgotten um, of vaccines is the story that makes the mail today. You kind of have to read that headline a few times to work out exactly what they mean. But what they mean is the over 60s and vulnerable groups are still awaiting their second job of Astra. Astra has turned out to be a bit of a disaster of a vaccine, hasn't it really? Particularly the gap between dose jab one and jab two. Like if you were to get a Janssen now, you had to go to one of the 1,000 pharmacies around the country that will start um, jabbing uh, people. Uh, you know, um, you're done. You just get the jab and you're done. Uh, and I see the boots make this morning's papers like the mirror. They're offering vaccinations against COVID uh, this week. It announced uh, rolling out of the service across all its 81 stores in Ireland. Um, you, you can't just rock in for it, but it's almost as good as you have to book by appointment. And I imagine that's the same with all of the other pharmacies that are on board and are dosing and jabbing uh, Janssen. Uh, starting this week. Probably started already. Be surprised if it hasn't started yesterday. Um, and then, of course, without wanting to confuse you or make you dizzy, the plan uh, with regards to those who can and come in from the UK, um, that's a frontliner making the examiner this morning. And this is, uh, you know, just be aware. When you're talking about people coming from the, uh, from the UK having to isolate, they're unvaccinated passengers arriving in Ireland from Britain by air or sea. They have to isolate for at home for at least 10 days under tighter restrictions, the plan states that vaccinated people will be able to set aside the 14-day home quarantine requirement after five days should they receive a negative test. But unvaccinated um, will have to isolate at home for at least 10 days. Uh, Sometimes when I read out these stories, I wonder, am I actually making things more confusing or less confusing? But there's also a story that was dealt with some weeks ago. There was the story of Margaret Buttermer, who was before the courts in West Cork, and she's back before the West Cork court again. She was before Judge James McNulty yesterday, and he uh, convicted her uh, on charges of not wearing a mask. This had to do with, just like the last time, where she was refusing to wear masks and going into shops and shopping in West Cork, and last month she got a suspended sentence for her refusal to wear masks in the shops. Well, she, you know continued not to wear masks going into shops and there was an incident in Aldi apparently 
and I think there was an, an incident as well in one in Boots as well in, in Bandon, and she went out and tried to come back in and and stuff like that. So Judge McNulty asked, "Are there concerns with regards to the health of Margaret Buttermer?" And our solicitor said that is the position. So he's waiting on a health report regarding Margaret Buttermer. She has been she has been convicted, but it's about sentencing at this stage. That's a tough call for a judge, actually. Think about it. So what do you do with somebody? Um, you know, I mean, it'd be very difficult to impose a custodial sentence, wouldn't it? But I don't know. Uh, that's why I don't want to be a judge, I suppose. And one of the things that you may have noticed, and I see I'm getting some texts on this as well. I saw them coming in yesterday with regards to because so much has eased with regards to restrictions and inter-county travel. Traffic has gone mad. Traffic has just gone absolutely crazy. And the Echo picks up on it today where they say that there's been a sharp increase in car traffic volumes, according to new figures. Oh, can I just ask? Can I just ask? I meant to ask this a few times. When will the McCroom Bypass be finished? They are absolutely ploughing through it. I've been passing it there a few times over the last month or so, and they're doing fierce work on it. It is enormous. I mean, it's huge. Well, the length of it anyway. But when will it actually be finished? Does anybody know? 2023, they're telling me in my year. God, am I with the rate they're at it, you think, they'd have it done by the end of this year? So it's a little bit off in the, in the, into the future. And then a story I'll come back to a little later on this morning is a guy who was before Formoy District Court, a guy called John Griffin. He prayed on Paul Dingovan uh, just a month before his beautiful wife, his 36-year-old wife, Julie Dingovan, died in April of 2017. As if the family hadn't enough to be dealing with at the time. I knew nothing about this and I spoke on the air with Paul on a number of occasions. And of course, we know Julie, she was diagnosed in 2013 with cervical cancer. And of course, it was all to do with missed and misdiagnosed smears and being given clear smear tests when in actual fact, those were wrong. They were inaccurate. But this character anyway promised this miracle cure of hemp oil. And of course, as I suppose you would, you would try anything to keep your loved one alive. Um, so he, I'll come back to it a little later on this morning, but it does make the papers today because Paul Dingerman gave him money, 1,120 euro, and uh, Griffin disappeared. Never came back again. So more of that in a few minutes time. Uh, because of issues regarding COVID, there was a, a ban on evictions. That ban on evictions has now been lifted. And that means we're going to see more people homeless where landlords will now uh, move on with the process of evicting tenants for whatever reasons. So the mirror this morning says that's going to rise the amount of people who will be evicted and homeless, including uh, homeless children. But if you want to know how, uh, and this is not anything exclusive to Savile, many, many uh, auctioneers, and, uh, re, re, and, you know, sellers of properties, they engage in this practice. We've dealt with it on the air before. They demand copies of bank statements. They demand proof of funds. Uh, they demand evidence of gifts from family members. They demand letters from your solicitor confirming that the funds are available. These were all the things in the past that banks asked for, by and large. But now, um, now and in the future, these are the things that estate agents will be asking for as well. And that points to one thing, supply and demand and prices going up. And those who are selling can be so choosy now about whom they sell to. There's a couple of lighthearted stories that I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. One of them, though, is very interesting. If you're a lover of Kit Kat like I am and you're vegan like I am not, you can now eat Kit Kat for it's vegan. They no longer use milk. They use a rice-based alternative to milk and apparently, apparently Kit Kat lovers notice no difference whatsoever. It looks the same. It feels the same. 
But what really matters is it tastes the same. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, a little help makes a big difference. Lines open 1850-104-106. Text 0868-104-106. A lot to get through this morning. Uh, so I'll get stuck in. If you have been in touch, thank you. I'll get through as many calls, texts and emails as I can between now and quitting time. But as I mentioned there, uh, just in the newspapers from the court report yesterday, uh, the horrible experience that the Dingovan family went through. As I said, if it wasn't hard enough for the family, Julie and Paul and everybody, to deal with her illness and her suffering, um, we also had the story of this guy who got jailed yesterday for nine months. He pleaded guilty to dishonestly duping uh, Paul Dingovan, um, whose wife at the time, Julie, was, was dying of cervical cancer. 1,120 euro for hemp oil. I'm just giving the number, the, 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 the financial amount. It could as well have been five grand or 500. It's just, it's just the awfulness of the crime. Uh, and he was before court yesterday from Moy, 38-year-old John Griffin. Because um, it's like preying on the vulnerable. I believe it's preying on the vulnerable anyway. And Paul Dingerman joins me by phone. Call. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry and so sad to hear. None of us ever knew that you were also dealing with this. We just never knew until we read about the court case. How, how are you bearing up? How are things? Oh, grand. Kind of. I was kind of shocked when I got a, a, a girl showed up at my door the other day telling me that they had him in custody because uh, he was in court a couple of years ago, but he never showed up on the day he, was, he came to be sick and he just disappeared. And I think he took off to England or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I just, just kind of out of the blue, then a, a detective showed up at my door and asked me would I be able to go to the court. That uh, they had him and he was in custody. And you were happy to do that in the sense that you didn't want to give up on it. Yeah, I just I just wanted to see him again. Like, cause, not going to lie, like I, I I went I I went to Mallow where he was from. I kind of drove around Mallow. This was after Julie passed, and I kind of looked for this fella. Like, was just something I wanted to take my anger out on someone. Like, and I said, who better than this guy? Like, I know. I know. Uh, listen, very understandable, Paul. Very honest of you. Very understandable. Can we walk through what happened? Did he did yeah. he go into your brother's pub or something? Yeah, my brother was running the bar at the time. And from my end, he just gave me, I got a phone call. He said, because I, I had researched, kind of looked into it a bit. And I kind of did mention it to my brother. That I was looking into hemp oil and stuff. Just try something new, like something else that might work. So my brother gave me a ring. He said, "There's a fella here, Paul." He said that um, you can get as much of it as you want. He, he used it himself. He had um, he claimed he had statistical cancer, and uh, he he cured his own cancer. That he refused chemo, and he cured himself with this stuff. That it was <laughs> magical stuff. Like. He used hemp oil and cured his own testicular cancer with the use yeah. of hemp oil. And of course, you would have done anything to save or extend Julie's life. At, at this stage, was Julie off chemo and radiation and in palliative care at the time? No, she was She was still at home, but um, it, the, the chemo wasn't working for her. Like, and they, 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 were, they kind of pretty much all but stopped it. Then she went to the hospital one more time for her chemo and at the time she couldn't she couldn't stay awake or anything like so. They, um, yeah, they, they just they just said, look, they were going to stop the chemo. It wasn't working for her anyway. Like, yeah, so. yeah. So this yeah. sounded to you like an opportunity or at least hope 
So what did you do when your brother called you? I immediately went down. I got my friend to come up and sit with Julie for a while. And I said, look, I won't be long. And I went down. I spoke to him. Um, we spoke at the bar for, Jesus, maybe an hour. He kind of told me that he was he was a fair off relation to the Guineans and he'd no problem getting his hands on all this stuff. And he used it himself. And he asked, like, like I don't even care about the money. Like, you know, it was just sitting down like this This guy I told him stuff really personal stuff you know he asked questions and I he asked could he see pictures of my family and I showed him pictures of Julie and Ali and he was apparently very sympathetic and he was going to do everything he could to get me he was going to get me more than what he, he should be getting me like you know he was going to he was going to do me a right way over here like and he was going to look after us and he was telling me to tell Julie to to refuse any more chemo, we didn't know at the time that we were going to stop it. Yeah, but, um, I know. He's telling me to tell her to, to refuse chemo no and that he actually said that. Yeah, he told me to tell her to refuse chemo that it was only going to make her worse and it wasn't going to work. That uh, he'll get this stuff and it'll it, it will work. Like he said, you'll see a difference within a, within a couple of weeks. Okay, okay, okay. What happened next? So yeah, he kind of was asking me how much how much money could I get, like. And at the time, I wasn't working because I became Julie's full time carer, like. So I could only get my hands on I think it was like seven hundred or something at the time. And um, he pretty much only kind of gave me an hour to get it because his friend was going to be passing through, and that he'd get him to bring it, like as he was passing through. So I kind of I got the seven hundred, and he was just there. Can you get any more? I don't think. He'll bring it for that kind of money, like so. My brother then was in the bar, and he was able to give me three hundred. God. So, kind of, and uh, God, I had some money as well, like so. I gave him, all in all, I gave him one thousand one hundred and twenty euros. It was kind of everything that I had at, at that time, like. So he took the cash. Um, yeah. what, what kind of a supply was he claiming to give you for that? A month, or two months, three months, or did he say? I don't, I don't know. Don't I can't know. remember. You don't know. You were grabbing on to the idea. Amounts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he said, look, go home. He said, come back down in a while with the money. And uh, he said, he'll be here. So I went down and he came out and he sat in the car with me for another 15, 20 minutes. And he was texting his buddy and we kind of just chatted again like and he even was there um, do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to give you a couple of lines of cocaine I said no look listen I said I, I wouldn't touch that stuff I never did like and he goes no no look just take it you've been through enough take this stuff and he said just take a couple of lines and he goes it, it will really relax he said I can see you're stressed out with everything that's going on and I goes no honestly I said I appreciate it but no 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 thanks mm. so then his buddy must have texted and he goes look he's down around the corner um, he said, look, give me the money so that I go down, wait here 10 minutes and I'll be back up to you. I sat in the car for about an hour, hour and a half, like say, and I just kind of, I realised, I realised pretty quickly after about 15, 20 minutes he wasn't coming back. Like, But but you I sat there for 90 hour. minutes? Easily, yeah. I just sat in the car, just hoping, like, and then I walked kind of down around the corner where he went, just kind of had a look and I didn't see anything, so I went back up to the car and Casey came back to the car and he wasn't there, like... But uh, no, he never came back. <laughs> and reality dawned at that stage that you'd been scammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt guilty. Like it was kind of all 
I just kind of went into our, our savings account, like, and took out pretty much everything that we had left, like, at the time to give to this guy, like. So I, I just felt like I left Julie down at the time, like, you know. I was well, telling her all about it, like, you know, I was going to go down, I, I was going to get this stuff, and he used it and chore himself, and she was kind of, <laughs> I don't think she was buying it, but she was playing along with it to keep me happy, I think, you know. I know, I know, I know. Oh. I know. And then, were you in court? Um, no, well, I... I, I I knew one of the detectives here from my like he's retired now like but really nice guy Tom 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 Ream was his name so I, I kind of my brother said just go down I said sure, I can't go down all day. I said I'm you know I said I was trying to buy his illegal right and he said look just go down and talk to him anyway he said you know Tom will be alright he'll talk to you about it like so I did and Tom just said look you were trying to save your wife he said look there's no one can no one can hold that against you like. And he's, he's absolutely 100% spot on, right? Yeah. Yeah, in fairness to him, yeah. Yeah. So, so the guards then took took a serious interest in this character, Griffin, didn't they? They did. They had him pretty quickly. No, did they, they did find, they was it CCTV footage they had? Or, or what? Yeah, the town's um, CCTV, like, they, they caught him, they caught him walking around the corner and there was another camera then picked him up and they seen his, his car, the car he got into his friend's car, so they were able to get the number played and they traced it to your man and his body and then they, they pretty quickly found out who he was like. So, so he would uh, have been questioned etc 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 and then apparently legged it or whatever. But they couldn't they couldn't find him for a while and then there's a friend of mine he was doing security in a pub in Mallow and I had asked him to kind of me and my brother asked him to kind of keep an eye out like if he you know when he's down there and they spotted him. He came into the bar, so they spotted him. They, and they, they rang, they rang. He rang the the guard down for me, and they went straight down and picked him up. And when it eventually got to court, did you give evidence in court? Um, no, I, I turned up on the day, all right, and he, he solicitor had a letter from him stating that he was sick, so he couldn't be there on the day. And that was the last I heard of it. Then apparently he done a run. He took off to England or something, but so that's 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 a few years back now, and I haven't heard anything then until the other day when the girl knocked at my door to say that he was before court again or had or, or what? That, that they had him in custody. He'd been in court a couple of weeks ago, so he was being held in custody. They asked me would I come down and either write out a victim impact yes. statement, or yeah. if I wanted, I could just talk to the court. Like so, yes. I said yes. I'd like to see this guy myself. Like so, I went down and. Yeah, he just said that. Claimed that he had um, a compensation. He had my money for me, the amount of money that he took, like, and but I don't believe for a second he had any money, like that. He they were saying a family member was coming, and that they'd have seven hundred euros, but he couldn't get to his credit union account because he was incarcerated, like. So, but no one ever. It's not, said, it's not about the money. They, it's, said, it's they about... said, "Hang on, no, I never, never cared about the money. Like, I just, just thought what he did was just so low, like, and." Low. Yeah, low. I hear that the court also heard that Griffin had uh, nine previous convictions. Four of the convictions were for theft, which appeared to involve some type of deception, I'm reading in the Echo this morning. Yeah, I heard that. I know I don't know much about it, but uh, they, 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 they said that this wasn't the first time yeah. he's done it, that he's done it to other people as well. <laughs> similar, similar things like that. And 
Are you happy with the with the sentence of nine months? Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm glad he got something anyway. You know. To be honest, I was I I thought that he might have got a suspended sentence because I didn't really uh, realize he was already after receiving a six month suspended sentence before before this. Like so, um, yeah, I'm glad he kind of got something anyway. Yeah, yeah, that it yeah. came to a conclusion, a custodial sentence, and that you got justice. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's the first time I think he's he, he's been in prison for doing something like so. It was the most horrible thing to do to somebody. Do you think that he intentionally? I was just thinking. Do you think that he intentionally went in to your brother's pub? Do you think well, he I might have thinking, had foresight? I was thinking. I was thinking that afterwards. Like it was like out of all the pubs in from like and he walked into my brother's bar and it was early in the morning. He was the only one sitting at the bar when I got there, like, and to kind of bring up that kind of topic to my brother, you know. So I don't know. It was a bit. It's a bit strange, like. You had your day in court. Not that that makes it any easier for what what he put you through, considering what you were already going through with your beautiful wife. How's life been since for you, for Ali, uh, for Julie, for Craig, um, and indeed Jasmine? Well, we're just getting on. Jasmine's kind of doing well now. She's manager of a a beauty salon here from where you know, and she's got her own apartment with her boyfriend like so it's just myself and Ali at home yeah Ali and Jasmine yeah yeah yeah, yeah so I don't know we get by like. I, I, I think you're one of the most incredible people and I've spoken to a lot of people over the years but I, I recall the conversations we had in the past and they were heart wrenching they were heartbreaking. they were so from the heart and from the soul what you went through what Julie went through what you all went through you've always struck me as an incredibly powerful man you know Thank you. It's just how I feel about you, and I think that many of us would share that thought, you know. Um, you're just getting on with life now? Yeah, just just getting, trying, trying to get on anyway. Um, there's a, still waiting for a high court action to come up soon, like for, with the, against the HSE and Quest Labs. But that will, that will come, but it takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're yeah. sure COVID. I, 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 I talking to me solicitors. That would have would have happened by now only for COVID and everything. Everything got slowed down. So yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, hopefully is right. And are you yeah. actively involved as you were with the cervical campaign and all of the other misfortunate women who were victims of it? Well, I keep an eye on it. Like I, don't, I, I, I don't get involved in it because to be honest, like even just memories popping up on my phone, kind of kind of upset me like you know so I kind of I, I don't know I just I, I just kind of try not to look at too much like this what's going on correct yeah move on you say in some aspects of your life I suppose well yeah we just me really we just kind of we do our own thing like you do your own thing you muddle on together yeah that's it I'm walking I do Listen, look after yourself. Thank you for coming on this morning. It's not easy. It's never been easy for you to come on the air, Paul. But I do appreciate it, and I hope that I didn't. Um, I hope I didn't upset you in any way, shape, or form. No, 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 no. Okay, Paul. Nice look, speaking to you. All right. Thanks, man. Look after yourself. Thank you. Cheers, my man, Paul Dingovan. Two hundred and six women developed cervical cancer from misdiagnosed smears. Eighteen Irish women died 
including Julie. Um, and of course, this is another aspect to it where the family and indeed a sufferer, somebody who was dying from cervical cancer, was preyed upon by the lowest of the low. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Morning all. Text 0868104106. I love this story. I just absolutely love it. It's a very special birthday request. Uh, 100-year-old Sheila McCarthy is um, celebrating her 100th birthday and the, the Metropole Hotel called over to her house. The hotel manager, Roger Russell, a great character himself, dressed up or made a damn good attempt to dress up as Charlie Chaplin. Kinda. Uh, and looked well, actually, in fairness. She celebrates her 100th birthday um, and there's a lovely story behind it. It makes the echo today. It's a Sarah O'Dwyer story. She says, City Centre Hotel has helped a Cork woman celebrate her 100th birthday in style. Sheila McCarthy from Gardner's Hill in Cork marked the occasion with a special nod to Hollywood legend Charlie Chaplin. Why Charlie Chaplin, you might say? Well, Charlie Chaplin came to Cork. Charlie Chaplin stayed in the Metropole Hotel. And Sheila McCarthy's dad, and this would be going back a bit now, Cornelius McCarthy, he was the first ever concierge at the hotel. And he met Chaplin when Chaplin stayed there. Isn't it a beautiful story? So the Metropole got wind of this and Roger Russell delivered afternoon tea to Sheila to celebrate the milestone birthday. I think it's a great story. Not just Sheila, but her dad before her. Lovely story. So happy birthday to Sheila from all that know you and all that don't as well right across Cork. It's a lovely, lovely story. Yesterday we spoke to Fiona whose beloved son John took his own life in 2013 at the age of 14. It was heartbreaking listening to her. We got many texts on it from people reaching out to uh, wish her well and offer their condolences even though it was some years back. Um, it never, it, the heart never goes away. Here's a selection. My heart goes out to this woman and her family. Another one, my God, I'm a mid-30s man sitting here in tears over that poor mother that lost her son. Absolutely terrible. I went through stuff myself. Please, people, just talk to someone if you're feeling down. Counselling really helped me. Um, yeah, but I'm wondering, did you have to pay for it? Did it cost you an awful lot of money? Were you waiting around for it? You know, were there deferrals and referrals or was it fast, quick, effective? You know, you call 999, you fall down the stairs, ambulance calls. And we not want 999 when you're feeling down and threatening to take your own life. I think we need to teach people how to hold on and there are teach we can teach them coping techniques instead of depending on suicide charities. Um, well, I can tell you one thing. If you aren't depending on a lot of the suicide charities at the moment, like everything... Uh, you know, a lot of the NGOs or the, or the charities or the volunteers, they're the ones that are keeping the ship afloat. Shouldn't be that way, but it is. And then one or two other texts on different topics. And I mentioned traffic, which has gone mental. Somebody was telling me, I see a text saying, traffic's so bad at the moment. I got caught for one hour and 15 minutes going from the Kinsale Road roundabout to the Elysian on Tuesday and Friday, both days at 5 p.m. There's something radically wrong with traffic at the moment in the city. Is it because the streets are pedestrianised? It's just a nightmare. Well, certainly the layout of the city centre has changed and much more has become pedestrianised. And they've done a lot of work then, putting in lots more cycle lanes. And I think they've also done a lot of work in disability spaces 
if that's impacting on traffic moving around the, moving around the city, I can't say that it is, but I can't think of any, well, apart from the pedestrianising of uh, many other streets, but I think that needed to be done. To keep, I think all that needs to be done, incidentally, to keep the city alive, to keep the city attractive to keep the city a destination. And there was a lovely atmosphere around in the, in the city. I drove around there. This would be from yesterday's programme, so it was Sunday night. I drove around town last evening, Sunday evening. My six-year-old daughter couldn't get over all of the people eating outside in all their fancy clothes. After seeing them all, she changed into her fancy clothes for dinner at home. <laughs> I love it. No tracksuits in sight. Maybe if the hospitality industry looked after their staff and paid them a bit better... Uh, a whole lot more than would have come back to work, says Desi, from yesterday's programme where they're claiming they can't get staff. Neil, Revenue are now questioning businesses as to why their staff have not returned to work. Morning, you should ask that gentleman, this probably has to do with a um, uh, conversation yesterday morning regarding Cockbowl, Corn Store and the Cork restaurant and bar industry. Ask them if they all recognise unions. I'm a member of SIP2 and the restaurant industry won't acknowledge us. That's bad news. Health workers, office staff, public sector all have pensions. Hospitality staff usually stay only 6 to 12 months and have no such benefits. Maybe they should have come on and said, uh, we as an industry will do better. Chefs don't get tips. Chefs don't even get paid overtime, says Desi. And one or two more. The reason tips are 10 to 15% or more in America is that the wages in the bars and the restaurant industry there for the staff are half or even less than they are here. It's seen as part of their wages. Uh, and you want to bring that system in here, says Pat? Well, no, I want people to be paid well. And then I want people who go in and eat to tip as well. That's what I want to do, but I don't run the shop. I just returned from a few nights stay in a well-known Dublin hotel. 90% of the staff have never worked in the hospitality sector in this hotel. I spoke to the hotel manager. It was that bad. And he stated previous employees didn't want to go back to work or they found other employment with the multinationals. The hotel manager said that they had to train new staff from scratch. But while I observed, you could tell that they didn't have a clue and the managers were given out to them as they kept getting things wrong. The hotel manager also said that it could damage their reputation if they don't start providing a high standard of customer service. So that's a selection regarding hospitality. And believe me, there's a lot more than that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. But conscious to get our calls on the air. It's a nice, it's very actually nightmare of a story, but thank God it all worked out in the end. Julie Marks. Julie, good morning. Hi. Oh my God. Was this in the middle of the heat wave? Was it one of the hot days? On, uh, in yeah. Your, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Sunday. On, oh, very hot. So you and the yeah. tribe, how many of you went to your beach, Clay Castle, or somewhere like that? Uh, no, the Mall. The um, Mall. Oh, where is that? Yes. Where is that? It's in the middle of town, we'll say by the courthouse, between the courthouse and the Keys Bar. It's tiny. Very small. Very, very pretty, actually. Okay, I know it. And well, it's perfect for kids to know, because, you know, clean the sand and... It's small. Okay, yeah. so April 7 and her little friend Ava 8. What happened? We went to the beach. Um, the tide was out. Um, we set up our area and the girls got unchanged and they asked, could they go paddling? And I said, yeah, I'm coming straight down after you. And the girls headed off down the beach. And I was standing there and I was looking at them and I could see them heading down and I could see Ava sitting on the ground and April, 
Ava had her back out to sea and April was kind of standing over her. Um, I had a cup of coffee. I took a sip of coffee and I pushed it down. Done something else. I turned back and I made my way down towards the beach and I could see Ava inside in the water and she was struggling. Um, yeah, an instinct kicked in straight away. Um, and I just, I just ran, ran straight down to her. I was calling her name and... No, I no armbands, flotation device, nothing like that. No, nothing, because we... They were paddling, the yeah. Can't, yeah, the girls can't swim. So that was the whole idea of, you know, just some place where they could just paddle and play in the sand. Yeah. Um, and... I closed all, everything on, ran straight in, not realising that there is a shelf there for all the world. A drop um, ledge. A drop ledge, correct. Yes. So you're one minute um, you're walking in maybe a foot of water and next minute, boom, is it? Yes, there's nothing. Nothing. I ran in about two feet and I was gone. There was no ground, no nothing. Um, they, I went to grab, I grabbed Ava and I couldn't keep us both afloat and I just was screaming, screaming for help. And there was a man standing on the beach on the phone. I got his name. His name was Nigel. And he came in and I was able to push Ava towards him and... Um, and he even went from the ground was gone. He didn't realise it either, and the ground was gone. From under him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was able to pull Ava into the water. She was inside in the water struggling, you know, for a good few seconds, a she, good few minutes even. Was you know, she calling she was, out? She was, she was, and... And I said it to him, I said it to the, her afterwards, you know, and I said it to my daughter as well. And my daughter goes, oh, I thought she was missing. And people said it afterwards. They thought that she was missing. I suppose, you know, when you see it originally, you kind of like, you, you, when you see it on your own doorstep, you don't realise that it's happening. Do you know oh, that kind of way? Yeah, you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, when, when the, Nigel grabbed Ava, I tried to turn to come in and I couldn't come in. Um, I just, I couldn't, and I just, everything was in slow motion. Can I you swim? See, I, I can, I can swim to stay afloat. I couldn't do laps of a pool. All right, you know, well, you, has, yeah, basics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah what do you yeah, mean yeah, things yeah. were in slow motion? I just, I remember seeing my daughter on the beach. I remember shouting for help. I could see people. There's the kind of car park up in the Keys. Like, everything was just, yeah, I, everything was just complete. It was the most strangest feeling. Um, Must have been strange in the sense that what you were observing was life going on normally, whereas what was going through your head was panic, fear. Oh, unbelievable and I co- and I kept trying to feel ground underneath me and I couldn't um, but I could and the man out of nowhere came down and just grabbed me and pulled me in did you jump um, in? he was in, down into his waist anyway I had managed to come in a bit when was there a current pulling you out? 
There was, there is. It's just there where kind of the boats come in to yawl. So I found out yesterday that the, the bank there was after being dredged years, years ago. Um, so there's a bit of a, a small bit of a current just there. If you walk along there when the tide is out, you could see the drop. God, I'm uh, you know. Do you think yeah, you, do you, think you yeah. were a goner? <laughs> I don't, I... Uh, I thought Ava was a goner, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm. I really did. I really did. How she was so brave, so proud of her. Like, how she, and she can't swim. How she kept her head above water, I'll never know. She was just super, absolutely super. Um, <sighs> you know, know. know, yeah. And in those, and it's just, like, you find yourself automatically acting. And then afterwards, it's just this shock and disbelief, you know. Um, Listen, it only takes seconds, particularly for for children to drown in the tiniest drop of water, never mind an ocean of it. Yeah, and I said it to Eva afterwards. I was like, what happened? And she said when she was sitting down, she put her hand back to roll over and there was no ground underneath her. Oh, my God almighty. So, so this, she wasn't even yeah. standing or she was just sitting down and, and you know, it's, yeah. So it's this guy silly. jumps in with his phone still in his hand yeah. um, and grabs you. Grabs Eva. Grabs Eva. With his phone still in his hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, just super. Yeah. He, like, he was there for a reason, you know. Um, I got his name. His name was Nigel, and I just I want to find the two men. And how did you get out? Us. Pardon? How did you get out? I was able to kind of swim a bit, and the second chap came and was able to pull me, and I found my feet. Would um, you like to find out who that other gentleman was? Oh, yes, and when I came back up afterwards, they were sitting alongside us. He was wearing a red top, and I was talking to him and his partner, and he kids and but I'm just in shock I just never got his name and he said to me he was like I pulled you out and I thanked him and I just kind of it was only yesterday when everything kind of I just I was I should have got his name and a number for them, but God yeah, so I just want to find. I know. These let's two find. Men. Let's find the two of them. But come here. Yeah. You, you then had to go and tell Ava's family, I suppose. Oh my God! God Almighty! Yeah. I wouldn't have the words for it. Like, do you know something? Yeah, it, she. Yeah, you feel so responsible. Oh, unbelievable! And do you know, Catherine and Daniel are lovely, lovely people, and. I felt comfortable able to approach them to tell them what happened yeah, you know yeah. and you know yeah look at the end of the day Ava was a superstar just a superstar and I'm so happy you know, that everything worked out in the end that we're not dealing with another tragedy at the start of another summer you know God knows yes, and, been an, yes yeah exactly so us. I just yeah, I just I'd love to find the two men right. and anyway, get listen, a meal let, voucher. Let, or, tell, no, let, let, if you would, I'd love to get involved in this if I could. Now, if you want to, if okay. you want to paddle your own canoe, fine. But we know no. of Nigel, but we need to find Nigel, and we need to find the other chap who um, also helped to save. We need to find his name. We need to track both of them down. I tell you what, I, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to hook up with Padraig, who owns Clancy's on the Strand. There, you know, a fabulous bar restaurant. Do you yeah. know what? And I'd love maybe yeah. to organise lunch for the two of them or a voucher for them, a couple of pints, maybe some food off the menu. Wouldn't that be nice? 
Oh, that'd be super, just super. Yeah, I, yeah, that'd be amazing. Because I know that Podrick wouldn't mind. He'd love to be involved in this. He's a good guy. So, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a local business. And I don't know whether they're local chaps or not, but... Let's, I've, I've, I've never seen them before. So let's put I the word out and I'm see if we town. can... Let's see, put, okay, so let's put the word out and find them. This happened, I'm going to guess, so, you said Sunday afternoon, the very hot Sunday afternoon at yeah, the, the Mount Beach. Okay, so if anybody knows who they are, get in touch. Text 086-8104-106. If it was you, or indeed if it was the other guy, Nigel, do get in touch with us because Julie wants to thank you and so does all of us. But come, do you and now... And Ava's mum and dad as well, and, yeah. And Ava's mum and dad too. And all of us. We'll make something nice happen for them. Do you think people should stay away from that little beach? <laughs> I was Mary. I was talking to Mary Lenehan yesterday and she's great. She was... Local she said counselor. that she was going to get... Yeah, she was going to get onto the council and get signs made up. It's not a swimming beach. Okay. And pe- local people know that. Um, it's playing the sand paddle. But being a stranger, you wouldn't know that. When the tide is in, like this morning, the tide was in and the water was calm and it looked an idyllic place to swim. Yeah, but I think it um, might be more of a fishing pier as well, you see, where the water yes, needs to be exactly, deep. exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so Mary's hoping to get some signs made up. All right. To, okay. Especially when the tide is out. Please be aware. Know? Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. Julie, job done. Let's wait for some people to come back to us or me, but oh, maybe the lads themselves, all right? Oh, super. Oh, thank you so much. Be in touch. Regards to you, to April, to Ava, and everybody involved. Thanks so much. Thank Cheers you. For the Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Morning, Neil. Morning, team. Just to say thank you. I won the Ho 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 competition, or one of them that you ran at Christmas time, and used it last week and really enjoyed it. Thank you. And, of course, the plaza in Killarney. So much appreciation, says Magella Crowley. Thank you so much. I'm delighted you won. I'm delighted you went. I'm delighted things worked out at the plaza. And I'm very grateful that you came back and said thank you. It's always great to hear back. Mind you, talking about you all, that's sorted in Clancy's, actually. I've been talking feeling sorted already in the middle of that uh, ad break there's not a bother so we find the two lads we'll sort them out thank you Podrick and Clancy's great spot well worth checking out um, other people then love you all but need to get back to Cork right so this is one I hope you had a lovely weekend just an email to highlight how disgraceful it was in the Cork bus station yesterday for the bus to y'all. So this would have been Sunday as well I just love the idea of people taking the bus to y'all you know like the way it used to be Pity didn't work out for you. We were getting the half ten bus to y'all, and, it, and we're queuing since ten to ten to get to the to get on the bus with two young children. There was about twenty two people ahead of us when we got there. When the bus pulled up, we were advised that anyone with online tickets would get on the bus first, and anyone with a free travel pass would be the last, which is a disgrace, as it left many elderly people who were trying to get home stranded for at least another four hours. What a head wreck. The chaos caused at the station showed people shouting, pushing, lots of aggression, no social distancing whatsoever. On return from y'all, the six o'clock bus we were pre-booked to get on was full and we were left stranded with a two-year-old asleep in our arms and an exhausted eight-year-old. The Waterford bus pulled that pulled up at 20 to 7 we were trying to get the 6 o'clock bus that was full. The Waterford bus pulled up at 20 to 7, also advised that even though our tickets were pre-booked, they weren't pre-booked for this bus, which caused more aggravation at the bus stop, as there were now 15-plus people waiting to get on a bus. Eventually, this bus driver agreed to let us get on his bus, and we got home. 
when we were on the bus, we were talking to an elderly man who said to us that he'd been at that bus stop from 4pm trying to get back to Cork City. I have to say, Boss Aaron is an absolute joke and I would love for you to highlight it on your show. Thank you for that email, Mark. Appreciate it. Um, I, all I can say is that it sounds to me that Boss Aaron dropped the ball on a very sunny day when I think, really, with a bit of foresight or logistical planning, there might have been more buses going to and from you all, considering the weather. What more can you say? I hope they learn from it. Uh, morning. Know that I know that you spend time in Canada. This is to do with tipping. I spend some time in America. I went to a baseball game in the Shea Stadium in New York and then drinks later until all hours. Anyway, my buddies trusted me to get the drinks from the bar. I didn't understand the tipping system. So eventually, after a load of rounds where I was the cash man, they refused us service. My American friends could not understand. But the reason I was given is that I kept giving the exact cash and I left no tip, says Tim by email. So he up to the bar with the, and you'd order the round and they might say it was, uh, you know, maybe $22 or whatever. And he would give the $22, of course. What he should be doing is uh, probably giving 25 and not looking for change. But he was giving the $22 and bringing it down and more and more. And they eventually got fed up and frustrated. That will happen. I mean, they will come out. Sometimes they didn't come out. Like years and years ago, they came out after me. Um, I remember being, I can't remember it was, I think it was the Rainbow Room or something. There were two different tabs. I can't remember the whole details. I had a tab at the bar and I had a tab in the restaurant because we were eating afterwards. Uh, and, you know, I remember we had drinks at the bar first um, and then we ate. And I remember that put, I paid a tip then on the food at the table, but never apparently put any tip on the drinks bill at the bar. And while walking out, I got a tap on the shoulder. It's pretty mortifying. So much so that I just left I didn't rectify it. I just left. But some, I think what I remember was some guy followed me and, and said, was your service okay? I think, yeah, it was fine. No, I mean, your, your bar service, the time you spent at the bar, everything okay with that? Um, yeah, fine. Why? Because you left no tip. I'm think, trying to think now as to whether I actually then rectified it and said, oh my God, I'm terribly sorry. And fixed it or not. I don't know whether it did or not. But the point being, is they can get very, very shorty if you don't, if you don't text, if you don't tip. So we have a lot of other texts and emails on that. But one quick one. Some time back, we had the keg fella on the air, Sean Travers. He came back to say, I was on with Neil over a month ago with regards to my new business, the keg fella. And there was a lot of pros and cons to this. A lot of people were happy and some people were critical of, of the business of the keg fella. But apparently, he says, I'm glad to say it has really started to take off now. And thank you so much for the airtime. There's a gentleman. Thank you so much for coming back and saying. After 10 this morning, yesterday we spoke to Gary, who had a very, very poor work done. Very poor work done on his garden by a company in Mallow. Now, we've continued to endeavor to contact the company for the last few days, but zero result. Zero success. No avail. Coming up after 10, we'll speak to Catherine, who has the most harrowing story. And I mean harrowing. She also enlisted the help of the same tradesman, although... It does a disservice to genuine tradesmen, I think. We'll update with Gary as well, who was actually contacted by the individuals behind the fencing company in question after we aired the story yesterday. So that's all after 10. 
Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red right. FM. Yesterday, we had our first giveaway of the week. We're just throwing out some photo wildlife parks so you get vouchers for families so you guys can take the tribe down to meet other tribes. So the photo wildlife, you have to book in advance. Pre-booking is essential. And if you want to go off your own bat, book online. It's open seven days and you can book your own slot. They're the times that we live in now, but it's certainly a perfect day out in East Cork. So we're dealing with little bits of audio yesterday, a bit of fun. I played it a few times yesterday. Um, This was the sound from yesterday, right? It does, it does remind me of food poisoning or something like that. Actually, Veronica Kiley in Onslow Garden wasn't fooled by me. She says it's the bark of a harbour seal and it certainly is. So well done, Veronica. Got a family pass for you from Photo Wildlife Park. Here's today's one. Don't call just yet. I'll be opening the, I'll be opening the phone lines around about a quarter to midday. So here it is. Tis another animal, aminal. <laughs> Sounds as if it's... I think it involves pain, does it? <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it at that for now and come back to it again a few times and then we'll open the phone lines, identify the um, the bird, I suppose. I think we can probably categorise it as a bird a little later on this morning. Okay, just winding back to before 10. I was talking to Julie Marks and, and really what could have been an awful uh, catastrophe a double catastrophe down y'all on beautiful Sunday. Julie, good morning. Hi. Now, um, we were looking to find the two lads involved, right? And yes. I've managed to I've managed to have some luck in that because uh, Nigel's brother was listening to the show this morning uh, and okay. was listening to you and rang Nigel and then Nigel rang me. So, Nigel, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Congratulations, listen, pal. You uh, made you no, 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 no. Your grand, your grand. Like, my natural instinct, like I had. You know what I mean? I had to. I took it to my own, like you know, seven and nine, like so. You know. What did you see happening? Okay, I was down there by the water, right, with my own two kids, and I was just trying to take pictures on my phone of my two kids, you know. Yeah. And um, I seen a girl actually only missing. You know, like tumbling in the water, or whatever, like you know. That's what and, Julie um, said. But, yeah, people thought my. Yeah, yeah, and I said to myself, that's not that enough right now. She's, she's getting into difficulty there. Like, I said to myself, that's not right at all. So she was like, I heard her saying, help, help. So I kind of I, I kind of stood there, free froze for a while there for a minute. And then I thought to myself, no, this girl needs help now. So I think it was her mother, was it? She, she ran no, in. I'm, I, no, she's my friend's, my, my daughter's friend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so she ran in, she goes, help her, help her. So she got behind her trying to drag her in. But there's a depth in the water, you see. So when she said help, help, I ran in that day. I caught her hand. I had the phone in my hand, you know. And um, I um, grabbed her hand anyway. But she, I kind of got the difficulty myself, a small bit. But then I kind of got my bearings with my foot on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the ground, like, you know, under the water. And eventually I just caught her hand and I just pulled her out of the water. Did you get a, f- a shock yourself when the ground I was gone from shock, Yeah, I kind of got a shock myself. All right, like, I, was, I, was, I was stunned. Like, I thought she was only messing first. And I said, to myself, no, she's in a difficulty there now. So I said to myself, no, no, I have to do something here now. Like, so, you know. Incredible. And, uh, you probably lost your footing as well, Nigel, when you I went did, in the I, did, I kind of went under a small, but all right. But then I kind of eventually kind of wrapped onto the, with my, my feet on the stones. I kind of done my best to, to 
stamp my feet on the ground like so I eventually got there and I kind of pulled it out there and, and you were only up for a few you were only visiting were you? Yeah, I'm originally from Cork, like, but I'm living in New Ross, going to Epsom for the last couple of years. So my brother and me took me up to the beach. So I said, "Might make a day of it? Like it was a fine day, you know." Yeah. So I said, "Might as well just um, walk for the day." And we were there from eleven o'clock to go four, like so. And then that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Like, and I just pulled out, and you know. So. Well, you know, it's it's big of you to play down your involvement, but you you know, you're, you, you're still yeah. responsible for saving a life. You can be damn sure. No, I'm, of happy, that. I'm happy. I'm happy. I don't you know. I've like, took it my own. I know that is like so. I said to myself, no, I have to kind of help to go here. Like so. Well, Julie was so appreciative. She got in touch with oh me my trying God, to find yeah. you. Indeed, yeah, no, no, that's fair play. Or not. She, she, I don't know. She's done anything. Done like you know. Well, you know, yeah, but sometimes it's too late. What you say, Julie, for ever grateful. Parents are very grateful as well for like just absolutely oh, yeah. No, okay. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. Jesus, a, no problem. Fair play, Nigel. Listen, do you know who the other chap was at all? No, I wouldn't have a clue. It was just random. I wouldn't have a clue. Jeez, I, I haven't been on the beach in, in, Were you chatting with him afterwards or anything? No, no, I actually didn't see him. I thought I didn't. I thought she got her herself. I didn't realize really somebody actually took out of the water. All right, okay, okay. No, so I'm just a child. Like obviously, I married into them, but the child mainly. Do you know what I'm Okay, you know, well, but, uh, listen, it's early days. We're keen to track down the other chap as well. You know. Yeah, yes, yes. So my brother was listening there, and I just said, "He ran me. Go that get in contact with him." So I did. So. And, and and what's it like being uh, isolated and uh, and banished to Wexford? Oh, uh, I, I don't even know what Catholics look like anymore, I tell you, the <laughs> What can you do when you get on with it? Like, you know, that's all you can do. Like. That's it, boy, that's your penance. What can you do? That's it, that's it, that's it, you see. Uh, I was like, I tell you what, Nigel, you thank you so much for Sunday, no thank you. No problem, girl, no problem. All right. Listen, um, I want to organise, um, how many's in the family? My, my, mom, my own family. Yeah. Uh, there's four, two kids and, uh, and my partner. Okay, so you and your partner and your two kids, we have a, we have a table booked and reserved for you in Clancy's Bar and Restaurant on the Strand in Yall. Uh, it's easy to do it. I want to do it. It's important to do it. Yeah. So the next time you're up, the next day it's going to be sunny and you get a couple of days notice. Um, I'm going yeah. to give your details to Clancy's. They're going to be expecting your booking and you're going to be sorted and you can treat yourself and the family to a nice meal. All right? Oh, gee, thank you very much, Neil. Boy. You Thanks a million. It. Well he's, done, Nigel. You deserve it. Yeah, no problem at all. Lad. No problem at all. All right. Lovely catching up with you, Nigel. Lovely, lovely, no lovely. No problem. Thank you. All the best. Cheers for now. Okay, Thanks, thank Julie. You. We'll Bye-bye. be in touch. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Hi, Catherine. Hello, Neil. Thanks so much for taking the call. Um, no I know you, you've probably been listening to the programme, you know, and, and yes. heard these stories from people who got, let, let's just be kind and say, and I'm being kind and saying, very, very shoddy workmanship. And you said, oh, my God, I had the same individual or group of individuals to work in my total, house. Yeah. Yeah. Total flashback. Total. I, I couldn't believe it. But what, 100% is the person like wrote but, it out. But what happened to you and what you went through two years ago was the most extraordinary and tragic set of circumstances. What happened? Yeah. Um, it's a bad story, so forgive me for being upset. Ah, for God's sake. Sorry um, but about it's, that. you know, it's from the heart and it's genuine. Um, first of all, it's just myself and my husband. I'm 60, my husband is in his 70s and is disabled and I actually had a fracture back at the time myself. So amongst all that, um, I lost both my parents in one go. Do you mind my if I chat with you a little bit about that? Absolutely. I was just going to say, yeah, my father actually 
my father was just before my father died just giving you context the full details yeah. I actually fell and broke my back I had a small little business I lost the business ended up having nothing couldn't walk and found out my father was given three months to live so oh, did our best with my father for the three months and it was it was hard few months and he was a keen gardener loved his gardener we promised him we'd keep him at home it was his wish and my father died and um, had the funeral and at the funeral my mother got a massive stroke and died at the funeral yeah yeah it was just i'll be honest neil i don't think i still believe it and that's the truth i still don't think i do because we buried we buried them both together the funeral was st- the funeral was stopped. We to, yeah, we had to because we had to put them down together. It was the best thing we could do. Even the poor man in the funeral home, nobody was doing. I never um, heard that before. Oh, Neil, it's it's something I don't think you ever get over. In fact, did you, know, she, did she literally you know, collapse in the church, or did she collapse at the graveside? Yeah. No, in the church. In the church. Was her heart from heartbreak? Yeah, absolutely. They were together since they were eighteen. They were inseparable. And I said it to my sister when he died. I looked at my mother and I said to my sister, I said, the light's gone out in her to something. She's, and they thought I was mad. And I knew it. I was very close to my mother and I just knew it. I knew it. I knew she wasn't going to last. So you buried the two of them together? I we mean, buried the two of them. And look, the only consolation is we keep saying they were meant to be together. Well, it is a beautiful never, love story in spite of the tragedy yeah. and the sadness. You know, and they were like myself and my husband here now, quite people, never bothered anyone. Oh, for God's know, sake, that's extraordinary. Never drank or smoked or anything, you know. That's extraordinary. Very much a family, family person. My father was big into voluntary work and I'm, I'm doing, I'm following do his footsteps. Same. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, yeah, well, when I, when I got my health back after breaking my back and when you go through lose and everything, Every day you have something new. I appreciate it. It's, ah, yeah. it's hard to explain, you know. So you lost, of course, you did lose everything. Your two beautiful parents did, buried them both together, lost your job, back was broken. And it, was it at the, soon afterwards then, of course, you were going, you had to deal with your parents' estate? I, no, I actually didn't deal with that. My my sister dealt with that. Um, you see, that's, ongo- that's kind of ongoing because my mother died within 31 days. So a will is an unviolate. Um, when a person dies within 31 days you learn all that kind of as you go along yeah I didn't either but you know what Neil I didn't I couldn't deal with that side of things to be honest with you anyway I was in too much between trying to get I you know I promised myself I'd get back on my on my feet after that and I fought hard to get back on my feet and I can walk now I'm, I'm doing good I'm doing very well but I just can't do stuff I used to be able to do but I saw the ad. You see, I had my father's garden and stuff. You um, you cleared out the house, the home, uh, and brought yes. his gardening tools home as well. He, I took he, the gardening stuff yeah. Yeah. and little bits, and I said I'd put them up and do a little memorial garden, and that was the plan. And um, I don't know, you know, you, you don't be straight. I suppose I was still going through grief, and I saw this guy anyway, and he came and we met him. So you Sorry, saw an ad, was it a Facebook ad for home improvement specialists? Absolutely, that was the name. No, I know there's other names since, but it was home improvement specialists. I'll go through all of the names in a few minutes' time. So you, ca- you yeah. wanted to get a memorial garden that would feature 
your dad's gardening tools and lay out a beautiful garden in memory of and him. And things. Yeah. yeah. So I rang him and he sent me on um, so-called pictures, probably not his work now, and, and recommendations. And he came and met us and I thought he was very nice, very well-dressed, lovely car, the whole lot. And I like that, I was between two and he convinced me so... It's the biggest regret of my life. And what I happened took next? On. Yeah, what happened next? And he arrived and I'd say within two days, I knew something was wrong. Something was wrong. He just didn't know what he was doing. There was something not wrong. And actually, I got scared. You know, my poor husband is a very quiet man. He didn't know what to do. He was terrified. I, I honestly mean it. I'd be a bit better, but my husband was terrified. That's well, all why I'd was say. he terrified? They're bullies. They're bullies. They were looking for, you know, money for this and money for that. And I was going to say, look, just give it to him and get it done and whatever. And your dad, get your husband, disabled yes. and vulnerable, as you say, gave yeah. them 3,000 euro cash. Yeah. You were out because you work with homeless charities when that money I was-, was. Yes, I was back and forth. But then one day I came back and I thought they were to build a patio just where my sliding door is. And you'd have a step up and there was a little thing there and the stuff is to go there. And either side, then I just wanted to put down um, a stone, just a stone. So we gave him money for the paving slabs, the stone and stuff like that. And um, I, it just wasn't, there was pipes sticking up. I went out and I stopped them a couple of times. Like, Neil, I'd be well able. That's, the, that's I think, for me, I feel so stupid, but it's hard to explain. Um, I went out one day and I said, that's not plastering. I said, I'm not a builder, but this isn't wrong. And they turned then at the atmosphere and I could see they were whispering and talking. I said to my husband, there's something going on here and I can't get out of it. Because we have, you see, we've no family. There's only two of us. Yeah. It's not that you could call your son or call somebody. Yeah. We're out in the countryside. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. So uh, how many I'm of them called? It. How many of them came to do the work? One, two... One, two, three, four, and two on and off. Then a guy came for one day, another guy came for one day. And I knew, I just, I knew they didn't know what they were doing. And how long did um, they stay? I'm trying to remember. I'd say maybe a week or else it was a week and a half. I'm not sure, Neil. So they were there. Um, a long, they were there a long time. Then, if they were there for pretty much all of each of those oh, days, they were, they were. They were. Yes, definitely, they were. But and, so and they were right. certainly putting in the hours. If they'd been putting in the hours properly, you know, which have been just as easy to do it right as wrong, considering they were there for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'd say I, I'm trying to remember Neil. I, I'd say they were a week. No, maybe no. In that week, a day or two, they didn't turn up. They were going somewhere else. But I know they were within a week, back and forth to me, definitely. And what happened? I mean, I what? know Jim. I, I know the guy went missing once or twice and left the others there. But then he came back, and he was to finish the job. And I had said, it, 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 it was, it was just. A war zone. I, I, it was a complete war zone. You, I, I thought I'd seen. You just wouldn't. You just would not believe it. You couldn't. And I was it like a bill? Was it like a, bu- a building site? An unfinished building site? Unfinished building site. Like you can't go out there at the moment. It's a danger zone. Like you can't go out there. You just can't. Two years anyway. later. So anyway, how did he? How did it finish up? On the Friday, 
I was gone away and I had this argument with him and I was in my head I thought no this this the fact that you pulled him up is is not not right so I was missing on the Friday it was just a big mistake but I was all over the place because of the fuel and everything going on and I was gone on the Friday and he had said he was finishing the job and he was to get another 3,000 to finish it. So I went off and I said I'd be back that day and I said to my husband, don't have anything to do until I come back. And I said, if all comes to all, um, I had rang a friend of mine and he said, look, if there was anything, he'd, he'd come down. I noticed something wasn't going, going well and I was terrified. So I got delayed late anyway and about seven o'clock that evening I said oh my god I'm not forgetting about your man he's never still below and I rang my husband and I said Tom is the money still there no he said I had to give it to him how much did he give him six thousand altogether oh good god in cash yeah no there was one there was a check for one thousand I don't know I just decided to put a check because I felt something was fishy so I actually went so it was 5,000 in cash, 1,000 by no, check. 6,000 no, six in cash one. and a 1,000. So 7,000 in total. Yeah. And For, I went to the credit union in Mallow. They cancelled the check. And he actually had to cheat to text me and say, why did I stop his check? Why did I do that to him? Did you ever have a, I mean, did you ever have a conversation with them with regards to the quality of the work? I did. I went to where they were in the town they're living. This is up around Mallow, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm living outside. I'm 20 miles outside Mallow. I'm and originally from Belfast. So, you, you, I mean, you, you, you clearly are well able to, you know, defend yourself. So you, you went to discuss yeah. the quality of the work, is it? Yeah, yeah. Sent loads of messages. He did answer a few. And um, they... they, they there was other people answering the door and things, but I know his Jeep was there. I reported him. I did everything above board. Um, I did report him. To who? I, um, I know I know the fraud squad were, were watching him. So you reported this business or this company, which yeah. which isn't a, a registered lot. business to the best of my knowledge, to the yeah. fraud squad? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the section of Vanguard Shikana. Did you report them to anybody else? No, that was it. They took all the details. They took everything. You know, it's just That's that I, I had heard through Seamus that you reported them to Revenue and Social Welfare as well, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I well, did, I mean, I that's Sorry, important. Yeah. So, yeah. to Revenue, yeah. Social Welfare and the Fraud Squad. Um, yeah. And Social Welfare interviewed me as well. Oh, did they? they? Did. Yeah. They yeah. did, did. But... They, it, it, like it was through them and their fraud squad as well. They got on to me. That was two years ago now, Neil. Um, that was two years ago in March. But so they're still trading and working away. Yeah, yeah. And did you ever get a receipt, an invoice? Was there a VAT number? No, but I had the messages on text at the time, and I thought they would work for me because I sent them a few texts saying, "You were after getting this amount of money," and he answered them and. I don't know what came out like. So it was like, like I, I came up against the brick wall. Like I, yeah. I, I specifically messaged him to get the the answers, and I thought I had enough on the text, and I was basically told, "Take him into court. You'll get nowhere." Absolutely nowhere. They so they left the back garden 
and it's still two years later like a building site with so much cement at the back you can't open the back door no and the thing is Neil it was supposed to be for my father I know it was supposed to be for my parents did you tell nothing there did they know that they did oh my god the heartlessness of it it's like Neil how anyone can sleep at night because I, I, honest to God, Neil, I myself, my husband, were two decent people. And did your <laughs> husband? Not, no. Did your husband give the four thousand cash on top of the other three thousand cash out he of? He gave them whatever they wanted. Out of fear, he just, he just gave it to them. And even this morning, oh, he was so upset. He didn't want me to do this, but I, I, I'm carrying this for two years inside me. I it's know, just it terrible. Fortunate. I mean, the way I, people are Neil, taking advantage. Neil, open the door. The cement has gone up to the door. We can't open the door. He's cemented up to the door. We can't go out the back. We can't go out. But what in the name of God were they doing if they were there that long that they couldn't get it right unless they just haven't a clue what they're doing in the first place? Um, A lot of people, incidentally, do just pay up to be rid of them. And sometimes a lot of people pay up because they are in fear, Catherine, and they think... I know, but Neil, it's that way to it. Because it was all... I'll be honest with you. I had money saved to get a small car for myself and I don't care I don't I don't care if I have one or not I really don't but I think I was so heartbroken and I told him that I said look I I I have this to buy a car I'll do without the car I said I need the car because of what I was going through and I can't believe that he'd do it to me and to look over it every day it's just depressing it's hard it's hard and the thing is I had said to him as well like with myself and my husband all I want is we sit out the back with our two dogs. It's what we do. We don't go anywhere much. He's not able. My husband isn't able anyway. I mean, thank God I'm able to walk again. Um, but just to be able, all we wanted, why I felt the back was important as well, because we could sit out there. Mm. But like, it's killing me looking out. It's driving me insane. For 7,000 euro, you would have got a fantastic Nothing. job done by people who are professional. You just would have got it. isn't that neat? We don't even have a paving slab from him. And he took all this, he took everything we had. He took all the tools, the hose, you name it, that was in the shed. They took it. They took everything from your shed, including uh, like, like all of your dad's things. Yeah. Oh, they're all gone. They're all gone. They robbed everything. But that's theft. That's a that's a different that's a different situation entirely. Well, I mean, in, like, in, in the sense of you know what happened to you with the seven thousand euro in itself to me seems like a you know. Yeah. S- no, but I, I I suppose like at that no I have no proof you know, and it it's. But one day everything so was in your shed, and the next day everything was gone from your shed. And a caller. The last day. The caller on the air this morning who got work through one of the, one of their companies and his drill was taken. Oh, I believe it. In, incidentally, the different company names are, and this is astonishing, um, First Choice Fencing Ireland, Five Star yes. Fencing five Ireland, star. Yeah. First Choice yeah. Fencing, Five Star Fencing, Landscaper, Groundwork Specialists, Home Improvement Specialists and yeah. Home Improvement, can't even read my own writing here, Ho- Home Improvement James. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's a big guy, Neil. I'm so, saying it is. Ah, yeah, They're all big, big guys. They don't, they don't, I, they don't fear me. I mean, I, I'm going to deal with the stories and let the stories follow their own course, if you like. So you reported to revenue, to social welfare, to fraud. Did you report the uh, everything that was stolen to Angarda Shikona? 
I didn't, I don't think, I think at the time I didn't realise what was gone. I just told them what had happened and the money was gone. And you wouldn't have thought of getting a solicitor to send a solicitor's letter or indeed um, a court order? I tell you the truth, Neil. My husband was terrified and that's because they're not living far from us. So out of fear, you terrified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be honest, Neil. I spoke again this morning with my husband and he's terrified. He is, I would do it. I would do it. And I promised him I was only going, to, I was doing this. I promised him I wasn't okay. doing any reports or anything because oh, okay. the man is terrified. To be honest, I do it in a heartbeat. But he's afraid of his life. I understand. And yeah. We're not living far from them. But to see, that's the whole point. That's why they do it. Do you know, that's why they do it. They know that they'll get away with this kind of work and yeah. charging yeah. huge money for pretty much no work. Because you know, all of the jobs that are done, they either sit there like yours two years two years later, or people have to get them redone properly, and it costs more money again. Well, you see, I mean, honest God, Neil, I I, I don't know how to send the photographs. You you you'd be horrified, and we're two years because we can't. I gave them what we had. I had that second-hand little car, and I I just. I don't know, as I said, it was probably grief. I needed the garden and I wanted my father's things around me and to feel him around me. And I, my parents, I said that to him, that man. And I, I like, I and just find it so hard that somebody is that hard. I, like, I, I, I'll never forget it. And it's two years on, and it's still the same. It, it, it's breaking me. Like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I find, for me, I find it very difficult that somebody can be that cruel. That's what I'm that is the word. It, it is cruel. It's it's immoral. Yeah. It's cruel. It is. It's a lot of different yeah, things. I, following even, following one of the conversations this morning, one of them called one of the listeners, uh, and I should have an update on that at some stage. If he were to call you, what would you do? Um, I don't know. Panic. You wouldn't want him back to fix the work, no. Oh God, no! Okay. God, oh, all right, okay. not, <laughs> not in a million years. Is that what they rang back about? Yeah, well, I know. I mean, oh, I pro- think probably disputing, disputing what it was being said or something that they were wronged well, or something. Proof but proof is in the pudding. Ah, uh, listen, well, you know, you know, stick to the facts. He's probably and you won't go far. Sand to it, so is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All right. So we 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 leave it at that. Um, I think it's just so so sad what happened to you. You were vulnerable at the time. You were very yeah. much taken advantage of. They prey, unfortunately, on people who may be afraid, and they can sense that fear, you know. But to have buried your father and your mother at the same time, and to want to put in a memorial gardener garden, um, yeah. and still for somebody to do that to you is unforgivable. Take the money and the stuff. Yeah, and to, oh, and, to, I, I, and and to find your garden shed cleared out as well. Yeah, and looking out a window at a complete, like it's too dangerous to go. Out. Do you know what I mean? We can't. It's too dangerous well, it's to you, go. You probably the, don't look out because you're reminded of it every day. I, I, yes, I, I honestly, I never felt, I never felt so bad. Like it's just, especially the summer now, because I even said today, I said, oh my god, I said I can't cope again. I said I can't sit out there. There's nothing like. We can't even open the door anyway. Well, there's a utility door, but a patio door. I mean, how 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 bad is that? Did she cement it up to the top? I hard to believe. I do a better job myself, and I, I'm pretty useless at everything. But and you if know. you went down, if you went out the door and down the step, then you can't. You fall over the pipes sticking up, two pipes. Okay, well, listen, uh, stay listening, and we'll see if there are other stories like this. I imagine there probably are out there. Neil, thanks stay for ringing me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Catherine.
Bye-bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, so that was Catherine's story, and that's heartbreaking. I found it heartbreaking chatting with her. I must imagine that it must have been heartbreaking to listen to it as well. Bear in mind that um, at her father's funeral, her mother passed away at the funeral inside in the church. They had to stop the funeral and then buried mam and dad together. I mean, that in itself was just such a tragedy. Uh, and knowing all of that, of course, knowing all of that, that makes what happens to them all the worse. Um, uh, okay. Woman called reception. She says she's at work, scared to give her name out and uh, or, or, or even to have any details given out. She said, woman phoned, she said she's at work and scared to name and shame the builder, but she's been left with a building site since June 2019. He had promised her a beautiful extension and now won't take her calls. She's delighted Neil is covering this story. She said she might ring in later in the week, just letting you know. And that actually came from Lee in reception. Um, another one, listening to that man on the radio and uh, they destroyed my back garden, um, that company. I don't, even, I don't even think they actually qualify as, as a company as such. Uh, they actually live near me and they have multiple Facebook accounts and go by all different names. I always recognize the pages because the pages have the same pictures. I paid them to put concrete and paving out the back. They just threw everything down, never leveled it, never laid any drain pipes. Every time it rains, my garden's like a swimming pool. It's heartbreaking. I constantly have to sweep and mop water away as I couldn't afford to get it redone. Can't come on air because he is someone who lives by me and honestly, um, I just wouldn't want to confront them. Um, incidentally, because there are many different uh, Facebook pages advertising this work, First Choice Fencing Ireland, Five Star Fencing Ireland, First Choice Fencing, Five Star Fencing, things like that, landscaping, groundwork, home improvements and things like that. There are all these different Facebook sites for businesses that you can open probably for free and then you can advertise your, your business or what you do. But these photographs intrigued me because all of the different Facebook sites had photographs of superb work. You know, the photographs on the Facebook pages look fantastic. Um, all different work being done. Fencing, patio laying, pergolas, uh, you know, garden work, landscaping. It all looked terrific. Um, Seamus Whelan's a, a bit of a, a, a whiz um, on on Google and there's a thing called reverse searching and apparently you can trace the origins of photographs to find out where the photograph originated from on Google. It's a thing called a reverse search. Um, so he did that on the photographs on the different six Facebook sites that were being used. He came back to me and says, I checked all six Facebook sites linked to five-star fencing. The photographs used bar one of them all of them, except for one, are taken from builders, providers and other established companies. Uh, there was one photo of a concrete fence that didn't pull up anything when I did a reverse Google search. And then he gave me a list of the companies whose photographs were used. Now, I'm not naming these companies. I may get in touch with them. Maybe this is common practice that people use other people's photographs. Uh, if it is, I think it's bad business practice myself if you do. Some people say that they call them shutter picks, uh, that there are picks available to everybody and anyone can use them to start up a new business. That makes no sense to me either because I would think that if you're setting up a business, you know, you would do work, your own work, photographs of your own work to show that you can do the work rather than just setting up a business and using other people's. But there's one, two, three of them that are known to me 
One of them very well known to me, an IE company and a company that is online and also a physical bricks and mortar business. Um, and their photographs are being used um, and others like them uh, in total. The photographs are taken from one, two, three, four, five different companies. So that's as much as I can tell you with regards to that. Um, but I was chatting yesterday with um, with Gary and there was an update because they don't take our calls, but they did take Gary's call. And I'll just update with them, see what that conversation was like in a few minutes time. But for those that have businesses that are reputable and doing good work, it must be very annoying, very frustrating. It must make them very, very angry because everybody will be very suspicious then getting work done. And so you should be. Paul has Southern Green Homes. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How well, are you? How does it make you feel as a tradesman when you hear stories like this? Yeah, just listen to that lady there to soul destroying. She can't get out her back door. No, no, and you know the reasons behind the work and everything, the death of her yes, mam, at, yeah. the death of her yeah. mam at her dad's funeral. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, that's, that's the only way I can describe it, Neil. Yeah, what do you do? We do everything, we do everything. Where do you we advertise? Do How do people know about your work? Yeah, we do a lot of work for the councils and for Brothers of Charity and... We like. I'll be honest and true with you, Neil. We don't even advertise for work, you know. You're in that kind of demand. You're that good. Well, look, it's it's like this. We're we're tied up for the next three years. Um, you also have a website, though, southerngreenhomes.ie. Do do you do? What do you think of people that set up Facebook pages and use other people's photographs of work? Do you have any thoughts on that? Neil, they're out there. You know, they're out there. I mean, word of mouth, word of mouth is everything. And I mean, like, genuinely, if, someone, if someone's going along, looking at a job, like a lot of people will go for the cheapest price. They'll, you know, like, I mean, recommendations, they mean a lot. Yeah, referrals. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It certainly does make a huge difference. And you picked up the phone because you want to some way, shape or form help Catherine, is it? Yeah, well... We'll, um, we'll call them, we'll have a look at the job and basically we'll put things right for her. But, it, but you're going into somewhere where you don't know how bad it is. I know, but you look, honest to God, it's just uh, so destroying this exactly how i Well, I think that is the kindest gesture. It's a very generous offer and she'll be absolutely delighted to hear it. Yeah, if you could just send us on the either email them, Neil or... Um, just give us the details and we'll, uh, we'll look after her. Okay. Would you mind when you're done, because she's not tech savvy, would you mind taking a photograph of the work before you touch it? We can, of course. We can, of course. We can have a before and after. I'd like to get the context as to how bad it is before you work. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll I'd, do that. No I'd, problem I'd say whatsoever. she'll be absolutely over the moon to hear this because she's totally and utterly heartbroken. Absolutely, oh, Milo. Honest to God. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. But look, we'll get it sorted for a meal. you got to have tradespeople who serve their time, don't you? Oh, you have to have them. Yeah. You know? And you know Southern Green Homes, I mean, is it renovations you do, landscaping? Do you build or, or what? We do everything, Neil. We do everything. We do everything from bills to, from an outside tap to a build. Get away. Yeah, and, we do everything. And is it that busy now it is? It is, thank God. We're, we're lucky. We're, we're kept going. Was it quiet? Was it quiet last year, for instance? 
No, 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 no. Like, we're, we're honestly and truthfully, we're, we're turning away work as it is, you know. But it's just like when I heard that lady this morning, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't. Lovely, lovely. You have a conscience, you have a heart, a heart of gold. Well done. No bother, me. All right, Paul, you're the greatest. Okay, I'll put you back to the lads there and we'll make this happen. You're going to make a huge difference to that couple's life, that's for sure. Well, of course. All right, take care. Take care. The the whole issue of all of her dad's stuff been taken from the shed, that brings it up to a completely different level, the shed being cleared out and what have you. But that's where we're at with it, lads. Uh, Gary on the air yesterday joins me by phone. Gary, good morning. Good morning. So a lot morning, more emails, a lot more texts, and of course one or two more calls under the under the bridge since I spoke to you last. Um, just let's just recap again what happened to you. You were looking for work to be done in the back garden for a while. Found it difficult to find somebody to do the work. Your wife came across them on Facebook, um, advertising on different notice boards and what have you. Blah blah blah. Um, your wife paid five grand in cash, um, and to rectify it and put it right would be four grand. And it's a complete botch job. Patio yes, fencing. Well, and, and that's roughly the price that we were talking about. Just. We gave him actually it was four six. I think we paid him in cash. Um, similar to Captain, my heart goes out to her there. Uh, my wife, um, Captain again, she wanted the garden again to be able to remember, remember her own dad because he loved, like, like, like her dad, he, yeah. he loved his garden. So she just wanted somewhere to remember him. That's right. And we and, recall from yeah, yesterday, you were saying that he was dying at that time. He was in palliative care at the yeah. time. He was in Marymount or what have you. Very no, he wasn't actually. He wasn't palliative care, yes. But they were taking care of him at home. Oh, my so apologies. Spending a lot of the time but, in, in our own man's house with our brother and sisters and man. A memorial garden. Okay, okay. And also the drill went missing, didn't it? Yes, that's, I, I rang him around lunchtime after speaking to yourself yesterday and he answered the phone to me and uh, I goes, oh God, you answered and he said, you did me a, a, a wrong this morning. Um, what I had done that morning was I had made a statement to the girls about missing property from my from my garden. Um, so it does, can't say too much about it with that's an, fine. an yeah. ongoing investigation. Fine. It. don't do but so then. He, yeah, he, no, and so that's, he was upset about that, and I said I'm a lot more upset about my garden than I am about uh, the missing item. And he finally got around to talking about it, and he says, well, what do I want to do? I said, you left me in an awful state out there. I says, we have a family here that the shores were blocked up with concrete. It's, every bit of it is a complete and utter mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him what I told you on the radio about... Uh, the different streams and everything that he did that was wrong. Well, I said, you're at it long enough, you surely know what, you're, what you did wrong. Yeah. And he said, what do you want to do? Well, I said, I want the job that I got paid for doing properly on my money back. And he said he'd speak to his colleagues and he'd get back to me. And then I just spoke to my wife and she said, there was no way in heaven are they coming into the house. So I contacted him about that and we said, we want money back. And he said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, it's going to take at least four grand and he says, uh, you're playing games with me now. And I said, uh, I said, you saw the pictures. I said, they speak for themselves. You see the mess that's left. Um, so then he said, look, you're only playing games with me. I'll ring you back tonight. And uh, I said, well, what are you offering? And he says, I, uh, I'd have to think about it. And of course, he never rang me back last night. And I texted him and rang him this morning to no answer. But I received a text a while ago saying that he would ring me later on. Okay. Okay, shall we wait for that call then, see what happens? We can wait, yes. Yes, yes, we'll wait. If it comes. May or may not, who knows? 
But he ain't going back to repair it. Your wife don't want you doesn't want them back. No, and she's dead right. I don't even know why I said I wanted the job done back the way it was. You couldn't let them go. I mean, I saw the photographs on the webpage and I was saying, how in the name of God could the person who was supposed to have done that? But it was, see what I was saying to Catherine? What amazed me is if you're in someone's property for five days or four days or whatever, for that length of time, isn't it as easy to do it right as wrong if you're there that long? Only problem is if you have no idea what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. And it seems he's getting away with it for a long time. See, a lot of people are um, saying that, uh, look, we'll just cut our losses. No, we can't be drawing these people on us. You know, and you can't. You, you have to stand up. You have to stand up to people. Sometimes it's not about winning. It's about exposing the people for what they are. But you see, Paul from Southern Green Homes there a while ago said that a lot of times people go for the cheaper job. No, I, I stand over what he says and I appreciate his sentiments, but these jobs aren't cheap. No, they're not. They're not. Um, he yeah. was cheaper than other people, but um, it was taking a long time to get other people, probably for good reason. You know? Did you think that the photographs that you saw on the Facebook pages were photographs of their work? Yes, of course. There weren't. Um, I, I know that now from listening to you on the radio this morning, but at the time, yes, I did. And there, was no reason, there was no reason not to think that, you know? There weren't. There were professionals, other people's photographs. Yes, yes. I, I, well, I didn't need to find out on your show. I just had to look at my own back garden. Look at your own back garden, yeah. yeah. To know that, it, that it was impossible, as I said to you yesterday, it was impossible that the people who were supposed to have done that done, done my garden. You know, it was, it was, uh, I could easily see that, it was, obviously, they, it, it was fake. They were lovely jobs that were showing up, beautiful pictures. Oh, gorgeous, one after the next, fantastic, beautiful work. Exactly, you get, you pay, you, you get exactly what you paid for, but not their work. Let's see if you get another phone call, but do stay in touch, all right, Gary? Okay, thank you. Alright, my man. Cheers for now. We will talk again. Don't you worry if that you can be sure. Uh, morning, I was scammed at the end of October last year by a company operating on Facebook. I had searched with care for the right person to erect a post and a rail fence and I found the people that you were referring to. The posts erected were smaller and since winter there are parts of the fence coming down. Um, I complained early on about the post size and, I w- and the reply I got at the time was there were no timbers available. And they said to me, what's wrong with you? You got the job done. Um, I think, I think, I don't think you can turn around and say, well, no timbers were available. That's at a kind of time when you stop doing the job until the timbers are available. You don't do a botch job because the proper stuff wasn't available. You know, that's why you have timber coming in all sorts of dip, different shapes, sizes, lengths and quality. It's not one piece of timber fits all. Anyway, my parents got caught recently by another team of rogue builders who are advertising every week on a free sheet. They got very abusive to my 76-year-old father when he said the work wasn't up to standard. Warning to everyone, don't use them. This has been happening for so, so long, hasn't it? For years and years and years. It isn't necessarily just the works that we've been talking about over the past couple of days. 
but it goes to all different aspects of people's homes. Sometimes it can be the driveway. Sometimes, you know, the, you remember the old stories about the tiles on roofs? I'll tell you some more about that after 11, actually. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Cork's Red FM. Okay, I was chatting with Julie Marks there earlier on this morning. Lives were saved down in Yall herself and April and April's little friend Ava were at the Mal Beach. It's a tiny little beach there. I'd say it actually is more of a pier and a key area for fishing boats and what have you. That's why there's a massive drop down there. Would have, I mean, imagine it was probably dredged years ago and constantly dredged so trawlers and fishing boats can get in and out. They, they need that depth. But people who might think it's good for swimming would walk out a couple of feet and poof, plummet down. And that's why uh, the girls got into trouble. And of course, we already managed to track down Nigel and chat with him. But there was a second man involved in the rescue. And that man's name was Ross Casey. And he's also uh, got in touch. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Appreciate you taking the time, pal. Listen, um, initially it was Julie that wanted to reach out and say thanks, but everybody else does as well. What do you recall of Sunday? Um, I was literally on the beach two minutes and my, I was with my two boys and my partner and they wanted to go down and fill the buckets up with water. So I went off down towards the water and I could see, was it April is her name? Uh, April, April? Is the little girl. April is Julie's daughter and then Ava yeah. is Julie's friend's yeah, daughter. It was, a- it was Ava. So, and what I thought I heard was someone shouting for help. And I, I glanced over and it looked like she was okay, that she was able to swim. She was after going on her back and back floating and whatever. And then it was when I see Julie running down, screaming for help. And Nigel then ran in just before me that we, I know that she was in trouble then. And you did the same? I did the same. I ran in and helped Nigel pull her out. Nigel had his phone up in the air and stuff and they went in and helped. Nigel was so quick to get in, he forgot that he had a phone in his hand. I see he had the phone up in the air with his hand, so then that's when I had to run in then as well and because he had one hand with the phone and Ava with the other hand. And she was struggling, wasn't she? She was struggling, yeah, she was, to be fair, yeah, she went under once or twice. Oh my God almighty, because... Not everybody knew if this was play acting or just kids playing. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought as well myself. I was I kind of glanced over and she when she flipped on her back. I said she's able to swim, she's okay and whatever. <sighs> and it wasn't until I seen Julie running down the beach, then shouting for help that she couldn't swim or whatever. I'm so and delighted she was that you in were trouble. There. I'm so delighted you were there. I'm so delighted Nigel was there. Never mind about me. Julie certainly is, and Julie's friends, yeah, the yeah. mother of Ava, certainly are. What brought you down there? Were you away for the day? Was it? Yeah, just don't want my two small fellas, myself and my partner. With the good weather and all and that, that's the reason we headed home. Making a day of it. Making a day of it, yeah. How'd you feel after an event like that? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, like, if it was my own small fella, I would, you know, I was, I was just thinking that I had two young kids myself, so that was my first time just going and helping the little girl. Like. You know, you think that they're, you know, within five or ten... Uh, sorry, within a foot or two of the water's edge, you think they're safe? Yeah, right? and 
uh, only a couple of feet in then there was a bit of a drop down so I'd say that's where she lost her foot and then whatever and couldn't yeah. get back in that's it exactly exactly well listen thanks so much for getting in touch I want to make sure that the next time you go down to y'all with your two kids and your partner that you hook up with Clancy's you know Clancy's Bar and Restaurant do, down there yeah, I do because yeah. there's a nice spot of lunch for all four of you for the family organised we'll make we'll make it happen on a, on a day that suits you hopefully when we get a bit of sun that'll be nice alright that's perfect thanks very much it's just a little bit of a treat and a thank you on behalf of all of the families Julie in particular alright that's all about it thanks very much cheers Ross take care no hassle cheers ok so we've rounded the circle now Ross Casey Nigel and of course Julie telling us the story in the off and I want to say thank you to Podrick and all of the staff at Clancy's in y'all they're always there whenever I ask them like many other businesses are, they're always very good to me. And it's a great it's a great spot anyway. If you fancy a couple of drinks or some beautiful food, gorgeous menu, the loveliest, freshest of food, you'll love it. I want to be there. I want to be there. Um, right across the week, in association with the Photo Wildlife Park, we have family passes to give away. And just before midday today, another family pass. When I say family pass... I mean, two adults and two kids or one adult and three kids. Now, like a lot of things now, pre-booking is essential. And if you guys want to just rock your boat down in Photo Wildlife Park, you can book online yourselves, photowildlifepark.ie. Online booking is open seven days in advance of when you want to go. Okay, so it's fun at Photo, if you like. So a great day out with your little monkeys visiting their little monkeys, I suppose. Oh, no. That's probably one of those awful dad jokes. Anyway, the whole... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that segues on very nicely. I actually wanted to do a bit on dad jokes. Do it in a minute. So this is today's piece of audio. Don't call, but I want you to identify. I, I was saying animal earlier on this morning. I think it's not too far of a stretch of the imagination to at least admit that it's a bird. Okay, so I'll open the phone lines again on that a little later on. Anyway, apparently there, uh, there was some competition that was done there recently that I saw on the star. Uh, it's called um, the Best Dad Joke Competition. And it was right across the UK, apparently. And by all accounts, a chip shop worker uh, by the name of Austin May, a dad of two boys, saw off 2,700 other cringeworthy entries to win the competition. Um, And here's the best dad joke that won the competition. (laughs) Ready for this? Hang on. Why is the print in newspaper so feckin' small? That's not the dad joke. That's just me being a dad. Um, It is. I once hired a limo, but when it arrived, the guy driving it walked off. I said to him, excuse me, are you not going to drive me? The guy told me the price didn't include a driver. So I spent 400 euro on a limo and have nothing to show for it? <laughs> I think it's a great joke. You get it? Like, show for it, show for it. Then they list off the top 10 other dad joke gags. Why did the man fall down the well? Because he, because he didn't see that well. They get worse, actually. Um, I'm in the kind of form now that I'll read all 10 of them out. Second one. Uh, what did the pirate say on his 18th birthday? I'm 80. I'm 80. Sorry, I probably said 18th. I meant 80th. <laughs> and one more for now. Uh, print is tiny. Yeah, if I turn the page, it's probably bigger it is. Someone has glued my pack of cards together. I just don't know how to deal with it. 
I, I just won't make 10. They're just awful one after the other. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Oh dear, it was such a difficult conversation yesterday, a heartbreaking conversation yesterday talking to Fiona. She told us a lot about the aspects of her life following the passing of her son. But of course, it all started from her talking about her beloved son, John, who in 2013, at the age of 14, took his own life. Oh my God. And she, she I mean, she recalled the the events leading up to it, his, his wonderful life. He was a character. He was a, the court jester. He was the, you know, the play actor. You know, that the, the jovial young fella that you'd love to raise who's always in good form and always up to a, a bit of mischief and, and things like that. And I mean, it just absolutely changed her life irreparably. And, and obviously that is exactly what happens if you're... And then, of course, you know, being having his clothes returned all those months later and finding... The little note that the little lad left inside in his pocket of his own little pants, age 14. Um, it was just heartbreaking. And I have other calls and texts on this, but uh, amongst amongst those that, you know, got in touch afterwards. In, in the past, I've spoken to Mary Horgan Hobbs and she tragically lost her own husband, Sheldon, um, to, to suicide. And he, 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 he took his own life 10 weeks after the birth of their little baby as I recall and I think she I know that she was listening to Fiona yesterday uh, and she reached out and she got in touch with me and, and joins me by phone. Mary good morning. Good morning how are you? I'm well and, and part of the conversation that I had with you the last time I remembered a conversation because you said at the, at the time that not everybody and this is the case of, of your husband as well Sheldon not everybody cries out for help. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there was just no warning. No warning at all. Like, obviously, um, with Sheldon, he was physically ill. He had MS. But, um, yeah. I suppose he was, you know, he had, he was, he had suicidal ideation in the past anyway. So, um, you know, he was, ca- without being physically ill, he was capable of, of those thoughts. But um, there was just no warning. Um, it was complete shock. Mm-hmm. He did. He did have um, um, a rare form of multiple sclerosis, as I recall. And he would. Yeah, he, 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 he would have been a man. Very ill with it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like that, a lot. A lot of people are are physically ill and, and would never take their own lives. You know. But um, it's just the. There was absolutely. There was no warning. There was no warning. Um. Could you feel Mary? Could you feel Fiona's pain yesterday? Yeah, I know I, I haven't lost my son, but I've I've lost my husband, and he he's someone's son. Um, oh God, my every time I hear of it, um, like I know Sheldon would have passed away after her son did. My heart just sinks. It's just a heaviness in my heart for anyone, that, any family that has to go through it. It must be the worst loss. Forgive me if I feel as if I'm categorising loss, but the loss of a child has to be has to be the hardest. I would think. Yeah, um, like I, I could never ever like the pain of losing Sheldon. I thought would kill me, but I just could not imagine losing a child. That you know, a lot, and, a lot worse. And that'd be a lot worse. I just ha- couldn't. I couldn't imagine it. But I do. I do worry about. Even though he's, you know, he doesn't give me any reason to really worry, but I naturally worry about my own son because of Sheldon's passing. You know. Well, you have Rose. I, I, worry, I worry that I'm going to lose him the same way. You know. 
Is that just an instinctive maternal worry, do you think? Um, no, it's, be, it's because he, he found him, you know. He's the one who found him when he, oh, was, he was... God. Scott was only 13, you see. God. So, he's the one that witnessed everything and was alone with him, you know, and did CPR and all that. So, he was only 13 at the time when, when that happened. He's nearly 16 now. Yeah. But I do... I worry about him. He worries about me. You know, he thinks I'm going to do it. I think he's going to do it. Whereas these things would have never really entered our minds ever before. But now our whole lives seem to be consumed with the word suicide, you know, every day. It's just You know, when you worry about your son and your son worries mm-hmm. about you, do you worry yeah. in isolation of each other or do you talk about it? He won't talk about it. Yeah. No. He won't go for counselling. Um, I'll talk, you know, I'll talk about Larry, but I, I suppose that's to do with age. I'd like to think he's just a typical teenager at the moment and I leave him just, I leave okay. him yeah. who he is and be a teenager. And um, Like he's he's got a, quite a lot of support in his school. His school is amazing. Um, I wonder, how, I wonder how can we change things or is, is that just... Like, is that just being too broad um, statement? You see, people think with me, they think I've just lost um, a husband through suicide that I don't understand. But I do from the other side because I had postnatal depression um, nearly six years ago after having Keen, um, myself and Sheldon's first child. Mm. And um, I, I planned my own suicide. Um... I was planning to take my own life, um, but it was uh, a nurse spotted it during a checkup for Keen. He was only a few weeks old. How does one spot something like that? Um, they, you have to do um, a little questionnaire. The mother does a little questionnaire, I suppose, on how they're feeling and, you know, have you had any suicidal thoughts just all about your your general health and your mental health and I scored a very low score because I'm glad I answered honestly well that was going to uh, be my next point so you answered it honestly I I just answered it honestly thank god I did or I mightn't be here now something just pushed me to answer it honestly and she just looked at me and she got me she got me the help I needed she put me in contact with the mental health services here in Mellow um, they were amazing. They were really good. Um, that pulled me out of the hole then. But um, I think Sheldon's death. I was fine then. After that, it never really it never entered my head again. Um, but Sheldon's passing, um, and what I witnessed myself that day, and what I dealt with afterwards. Um, you know, a lot of blame. Blame gets shifted around, and some blame was was put on me and. Um, That's a lot to carry. I, oh God, yeah. Sure, I was I was called a murderer and everything. I had to get the police in England involved. And All right. Well, we won't go yeah. into that in too much no, detail. No, if you don't not. mind. Uh, no, That's no. an awful cross to carry. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my but, God. Um, imagine living like with that, all of that. I don't even really know me and didn't not know. Not Imagine living with all of that. It's terrible. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you are at your lowest, people will still kick you even when you're they keep it try and keep it down even when you're at your No but you were left point. to raise Baby Rose, Sheldon, Kean. They were all yeah. under four they were all under four, weren't they? Yeah, 
yeah, the three, yeah, they were under four. Uh, no, they were actually, Kean was only, they were three, two, and ten yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. My God. Did you know what I found? Um, like that his death actually, but and this goes for a lot of people who lose people through suicide. It actually makes you suicidal. It can make you suicidal and start having suicidal ideation again yourself. Um, but I found it's a constant battle for your life sometimes. Um, anyone who is who does have suicidal ideation, but. I find that no matter who's there for you and there's so many, you know, everyone will be there for you and they're there to listen to you. You have to know how to fight it yourself. Yeah. But you need to be able to have conversations, don't you? Um, You know, know, like when somebody asks you, you know, how you're feeling, we're we're supposed Mm -hmm. to say, era grand or era not too bad. We're not I always. Still say that. What? I still say that. I still say that to everyone, even if I'm not feeling. Why? why can we change that? Do you think? Or pe- would people be comfortable hearing? Um, I don't know. It's a very odd time now. I will say, look, I'm. I don't know. I just, I, I just, I really do fight us on my own, and I wish I didn't have to. I wish. I wish everyone was just more honest and just said, you know, help me. You know, I, I really, I need to talk, help me. It's, it's, you know, things are not okay. This is not easy. I'm not super mammy, you know. <laughs> it's, it's really, really hard. Mm. Mm. Really hard. Sounds to me as if it's still quite hard. It's really hard, yeah. Um, some days are amazing, but other other days, like it's just really hard, like to to lose someone to suicide. And it's, could, yeah. it's a really lonely journey, actually. Like no matter who's around you, it's you know the grieving. Like this, grieving is a very lonely journey. You have to do a lot of it alone at home. And, People you thought would be there so near around anymore. You know, people leave your life without warning. And usually, strangers are the kindest. Like I know, apart from my parents and you know my my brothers and sister-in-law and you know a couple of friends, but like strangers, I found are the kindest. They're, they're just so kind. People that don't even know you. Have you circumstances of that where you have had experiences with strangers who were kind? Yeah, God, a lot of people reached out to me after the first time I was on on your show. Um, I've made some amazing friends. Um, I got in with the group, um, you know, Hug, H-U-G-G. Do you know Fiona Toomey who lost her 11-year-old daughter, Millie? Yes, 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 yes. He runs a group, um, it's a bereavement group, uh, a suicide bereavement group for adults. Um, H-U-G-G. You know all of the, you know all of the life markers, the celebratory markers, you know, um, communion, confirmation, birthdays, Mm. you know, Christmases, summer holidays. Yeah. Are they any, do you have any happy times on on those occasions? I do. Yeah. 
I do. I really do. Yeah. You know, I still celebrate everything. I'm, you know, I, I just had to learn how to be happy by myself, inside my own head, you know, learn how to be happy without being surrounded by people all the time. And, um, yeah, just just learning happiness all by myself first, and and then, you know, life will get better. Because it's not two, it's not two years yet, sure, it's not. It's two years now, next month. Next month. Do you know, after a year, I found spot. Oh, I've really turned the corner. Everything is amazing. I feel fantastic, but like that grief, you know, it really is like being on a roller coaster. You you just feel amazing. You know you you think you're doing really well. You feel amazing. Life is kind of getting better, and then it'll hit you again. But I suppose that's to do with with any kind of loss of a of a, a child, a parent, you know. Yeah. And, and 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 no doubt you have. You've tried to rationalise all of this uh, because mm. I think I think we chatted before about you know I I know the children. I mean, he was he was a hard worker. He, he was yeah. he was he was always working. He went from always working to not being able to walk, and therefore not being able yeah. to work. He was in. Mm. I mean, he was in tremendous pain. There was there was an occasion yeah. on that on that Sunday morning, the day that he yeah. passed away. He was he was yeah. crying at the breakfast table, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he said. I, um, I, I, you know, life had life had changed a lot for him. He was in a lot of pain. I told him we'd, you know, try and fight, you know, apply for the, you know, the medicinal cannabis license or whatever, and we'll, you know, we'll try and go down that route. And um, we just had so much to look forward to. Still, even though he, you know, I know he he never accepted, which he 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 didn't have to accept like that. He was ill, you know. People would say, "God, you're dealing with this. You know, you're not dealing with a grace." But he did, you know. Mm. If you have an illness, you, you don't have to accept, you know, that illness. Like, I know, um, I know. But, um, but it was it was he, he knew it to be aggressive, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but and like, it, I, I just, you know, I really thought like he would live to be old, live to be an old man, you know, like, but because you can, you can still live like. Till a, till a great age. Oh, sure. Listen, I'm not um, no, I just, I never, like in Rose's only 10 weeks and like we'd, we'd talk all the time. You know, he's, he's so, he was just so funny. So, so funny. What a character. But he would, he, you know, he would open up about his feelings and he would cry and he, but um, I don't know. Just it was just like an explosion, like a bomb went off out of the blue, and still pick, still trying to pick up the pieces. I know. It's just the way it's the way you lose the person, you know. It's when someone decides to leave that way. The pain is just you can't describe the pain. But they have no, they have no consciousness at all of no. of the. Oh God, no! For want of a better word, collateral collateral damage that they leave yeah. after their passing. They're not in. They're not because of this world when they do what they do. No, because even when I was thinking about it six years ago and doing the same thing, um, I didn't think 
But what I was going to do at all? I just didn't think. She just caught me in the nick of time. I'd say within a couple of days I could have been gone. Um, but my God, since losing Sheldon, you would not believe the damage it has done to, to everyone. It's like the family gets torn apart, you know. Um, a and, lot of anger there, a lot of blame, as I said. Mm. A lot of blame. You think family come closer together, but it gets blown apart and people stop talking, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is horrible, seeing your children um, growing up and Rose will never know him. The boys miss him. You know, they're going to vaguely remember him, you know, being only three and two at the time. They do remember him, but sure, so it, it was about three months before Sheldon realised that his dad was gone, you know, and then he was the worst. Like, you know, he had suffered so from anxiety. Uh, you know, um, there'll come a time when they're going to have to find out how their father died and how he passed. And, well, you know, it's like, how are they going to react? Rose is never going to know him you know he'll never be there and, and to walk her to walk her up the aisle and just just stuff like that you know I know I know but like you just have to get on with life you have to get on life is precious and life is so beautiful and you just have to learn really now it is important, very important to talk and to reach out and to ask for help um, but you have to learn yourself how to hold on just hold on it'll pass the feeling will pass the anger will pass and who um, teaches who teaches these coping techniques I just learned to myself did you yeah well I'd like to do um, I'd like to do applied psychology anyway um, I'd like to go back to college in a couple of years and psychology and but um, I, do, I just I've learned myself I've learned how to how to cope by being alone a lot and Did I hear somewhere know? recently that they are mm. going to recategorize suicide death in Ireland I've been away for a couple mm. of weeks but I think I did hear somewhere somewhere that we may never in the future get a correct accurate amount the, the reason I bring this up is that I personally am hearing of an awful lot of, of, of deaths at people's yeah. own hand. In, and and every, like last week, three mm. uh, different tragic stories of, I used the term yesterday, of people who, uh, we look on at people and to us they look as if they have the perfect life. But, yeah. but, but you're saying in the moment, in the moment, mm. without maybe coping techniques, mm. one becomes overwhelmed by whatever they're carrying. Yeah, you need to have these coping techniques that you can use when you're alone. When you're not going to reach out to someone, when you're not going to ask for that help, um, as we know, not everyone does. You need to have those coping techniques when you are at your highest amount of rage, like a lot of suicides are carried out when someone is in a total state of rage um, and in other, you know... Under other states of mind as well. But, uh, um, I would think the whole gambit of emotions, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like even I was looking through sympathy cards um, 
not that long ago and like there's there was a, a sympathy card from a group and one of the names in that group I, I won't say the name obviously um, this this guy took his own life last year and his name was on the sympathy card for me after losing Sheldon it's like he did he did the same thing yes be because he himself probably was struggling and could understand your pain mm. would you think um oh god yeah but you see what I'm trying to get through to people is like I know you're in pain unimaginable pain pain I've I felt that pain. I, 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 you know, I've, I felt like I don't want to be here anymore at times. Um, but you are not just passing on that pain. I think what you leave behind is worse than what you are feeling. Way worse, you know. Yeah. You have passed that on to so many people. The pain yeah. it causes is just. But even in your even in your postnatal depression, mm-hmm. um, you you weren't capable of rationalising the pain that would be left behind. You were, you, do you know when you were thinking and no. planning and everything? Oh no, I didn't even I didn't even think of the children. You didn't stop to think of the kids and the baby or anything like that. No, no. What I wonder I wonder I wonder why why I don't know. No, there's no kind of. I, it just seemed like I was in a zombie kind of state. I was. I just felt like a zombie, kind of just zoned out, totally zoned out. That's all I can kind of say. That's why I've, I've just such an interest now in psychology, and you know. And when you talk of Sheldon's death, um, yeah, with people, do you, mm. do you openly converse that he he. It was by suicide. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, straight away. Um, you let people, you know, lose people by suicide, and um, they'll say that they've died of cancer. You know, as if they're just so ashamed of it. They're just so ashamed. It's like I just don't understand this. They they may want to protect their loved one, perhaps. Well, I think that's what happened as well after that's why a lot of people turned on me um, not my own friends no one thing or people here in Ireland I think that's why a lot of people turned on me it's because it's like I when I first came on your show it's like I I feel like I kind of told on children you know how but you shouldn't have you, yeah how dare you tell everyone in Ireland or in Cork that your husband or that Sheldon took his own life. Like, I know, how dare you? I know, you know, I know exactly what you're saying, yes. And I'm like, do you know what? He'd want me to tell everyone. He'd want everyone to know. He'd want to save. He'd want people not to do it. You know? I know, I know, I know. I know. We're in a worrying place at the moment. We really and truly are. I know. It's it's unbelievable. With the, with the last 15 or 16 months we put I hear of one but you see, like that's just it. Takes me into the guts. Like I, the pain I feel for every family 
every person, the person who's done it. Oh my God, I could just, I just right. cry. I just yeah. cry for all of them. Just and they're oh, the ones that we're, they're the ones we're hearing about, not the ones, yeah. for want of a better term, as you say, where where families, mm. where where it's hidden. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Listen, Mary, look after yourself. I will. I know you I will. will. I know you will. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's will. all. It's always nice to chat with you when when we get yeah, an opportunity. You. To, you know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Marilyn. All right. Stay close. All right. Yeah. Take, take care. care. Bye. Bye. Mary Horgan Hobbs, lovely, lovely woman. Samaritans are on one one six one two three. Piera House are on 439-5333. Your best friend is just a phone call away. Think about it. Okay. Um, listen, can I, can I do this? Because I think it's, uh, it's, it's probably a, a good time to do it. I had wanted to, to play a tune and get some tunes on the air, um, you know, across the summer. I'll come back to your calls in a few minutes' time. Uh, I just think it's a nice time to do it. Because, very interestingly, the song almost... It kind of fits the moment that I'm in right now. I've been following, like like many people have been, the lives of you know the Gallagher's, Noel and Liam Gallagher uh, of Oasis, and I've been you know watching. Anytime I see a news story on it, I read it. Anytime I see a newspaper article on either or both of the brothers, I read about it. I was never a massive Oasis fan. I was a big Oasis fan, but I know that there are like cult status Oasis fans, and the big question is. You know, will they ever get back together again? Noel's had his own band, High Flying Birds, and Liam's been doing his own thing. Noel has said categorically no, and Liam is up for, and always has been up for, um, you know, uh, reunification of the band. Um, and there I was, and kept up on my feed yesterday, the most incredible live session of Noel Gallagher and his band, the High Flying Birds, performing a live version of Don't Look Back in Anger on American television at the weekend. It was actually on the CBS This Morning television show. Uh, and I sat and watched it and I played it. And then I played it again. And then I thought, oh, I mean, such individual talent would be a wonderful thing to harness back together again just one more time.
voice tracking, no miming, no acting the fool live. And that to me is just incredible. And if it's incredible to listen to, uh, the video that goes with it is just awesome. And you can Google it yourself. It's Noel Gallagher on CBS This Morning uh, doing Don't Look Back in Anger. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. It must be totally exasperating and frustrating for people to hear the ads that are going on that's saying, you know, come to the chemist for a single dose uh, Jansen and off you go. You can go wherever you want. Get on with your life and 19th of July go on your holidays. Front page of the end of this morning. 400,000 people who got one dose of Astra warned not to go abroad. Uh, the front of the mail this morning. The over 60s. We are the forgotten ones with the regards to the vaccine. Tim Bracken was on the show, I think, while I was away with Mick Mulcahy, and my apologies for keeping waiting so long. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good to have you back on again. Your conversation was makeup was about the forgotten over 60s. Just recap on that for me, if you don't mind. Well, the forgot- I said that the over 60s have been more or less dumped upon or abandoned in that we were told that the only vaccine we could get was the AstraZeneca. Yeah. Fine, I had no problem with that, even though there was all sorts of question marks about it. But I mean, I took it, and then there was going to be a gap of about 12 weeks. Now, I know that gap is only purely housekeeping because they're trying to stretch the vaccine. There's no medical reason for 12 weeks because when these vaccines were all being rolled out at the end of last year, we were told it was three to four weeks between yeah. jabs. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, there's no medical reason for this. But anyway... Um, now what's happening is, and what's highlighted it to me, is that friends of mine who are in their 50s, I mean, one, one guy now, he's 52, and he got his second Pfizer jab yesterday in the City Hall. I'm 66, and I'm not going to get my second vaccine until probably the beginning of August. Because you will be stuck with the 12-week gap. Exactly. I mean, like, the, the, I was hoping they might reduce it. And when, when I was talking to your colleague Mick there a couple of weeks ago, I was hoping that might highlight the plight of the over 60s. Because, I mean, like, I'm 66. And I've been told since the beginning of this pandemic that over 65s are a vulnerable age group. So if I'm a vulnerable age group, I'm rather worried about this Delta variant, which is definitely knocking on the door and it's going to be here shortly, you know, in, in big numbers. So, I mean... That's just, I mean, and there's no reason for that because obviously they're not giving out AstraZeneca at the moment because, I mean, they've given it to the over 60s. They're giving out Johnson, they're giving out Pfizer and all that to the 50 year olds and they're, who are getting their second jabs, and a lot of them have got their second jabs at this point. Oh, I know, I know, lot, I know lots of people. I mean, I, I had the first jab, I don't know, 10, we, 10 weeks ago, something like that, a long, long time ago, anyway, the first one. Yeah. And a, a lot of my friends and acquaintances have already had. Their second oh, yeah. Pfizer jab, over- and they're off and running. They, they've overtaken us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I mean, and it's just there's no reason for it. And really, I mean, if they're telling us we're a vulnerable group, you know, compared to the fifty-year-olds, then why not bring us back for the second jab? But because it's the older generation that would be affected worse by this variant that completely. may come. Yeah. Completely. Completely. And anybody, particularly anybody over sixty, is vulnerable. Anybody over sixty-five is extremely vulnerable, as we've been told from the beginning. And, and uh, yes. Yeah, wh- why, why, aren't chem- why aren't chemists and pharmacies rolling out and offering more than just Janssen, I wonder? Like, that, that I would speed thi- Wouldn't that speed things up? If they were offering Pfizer, okay. or th- if they were taking over and offering the second jab of, of Astra... Well, that's, I, well, I'd like the second jab of Astra because I don't know if one can have a cocktail, you know, one of Astra and one of Johnson or one of Pfizer or whatever. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of 
conflicting reports in relation to that. So, I mean, things, I, would, I would prefer to err on the side of caution and just get a, an Astra. But, I mean, what is the problem? I mean, they had enough Astra brought in to do everybody in their 70s and their 60s and whatever, and now it suddenly has stopped. Like you, there is no earthly reason for it. Your, your, your issues aren't really that you want to travel or go on a sun holiday or no, anything like that, no? No, no, no. I've decided, uh, Neil, I have decided I'm not even going to look at travel until maybe November, December. And then, you know what I mean? And then I'll just do it in hope if something happens. But I'm not going to drive myself crazy trying to get away in any holidays between now and then. But, I mean, it's, it's just, I, it's the Indian thing or the Delta thing now that's coming in. And, I mean, from the sounds of that, that's quite serious and it's beginning to take off in the UK it's just like we saw this before Christmas the what they called the Kent variant started to take off there just before Christmas and then all of a sudden we had it all over the place here in January and February yeah the, yeah, yeah the, the big numbers seem to be Pfizer BioNTech don't they want nearly 1.3 or maybe even more 1.3 or 4 million doses mm-hmm. you know um, AstraZeneca is just over about a, a half a million or, or what have you don't know what the numbers will be for Janssen. Moderna's about 90,000. So the one that they're rolling out most is the four-week double dose, you know? That's right. That's yeah. right. And loads of people. I mean, there, there are people I know, like, I mean, uh, friends, friends and colleagues who are in their 40s, you know what I mean? They're just coming into their who got the first Pfizer. They're going to overtake me and you. Does it frustrate that you hear ads then for chemists who are offering it one jab and go? Must do if you're very health aware. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. But I mean, and if they're talking about the Johnson. I, if that was the case a few weeks ago before I had the AstraZeneca, you I would have gone for the Johnson, the one jab Johnson. You'd I would be delighted with it. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, I'm not being selfish, but I, we're told on one hand that we're a vulnerable group. Fortunately, I, I mean, I'm, I'm healthy, and, but, but one never knows with this thing, you know what I mean? It just doesn't, anything could happen. And yet, on the other hand, I mean, they're, they're not giving it to us. They're not vaccinating us properly. There are also people, and I know this, I'm not making this up, but I have evidence that people, even younger, are getting vaccines if there are spares at doctor surgeries. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard uh, of and that. also they're getting. That's anecdotal. I, I no, well, I, I, can tell you, I can tell you 100% accuracy because I know of the cases personally, uh, where, in, in, mm-hmm. particularly in one case, where somebody was called in from out in the car, and that was at a vaccine centre. Yeah, yeah. It's mean, yeah, frustrating, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That is very frustrating. It is frustrating. And I would like. I would like the Minister for Health and maybe the head, of the, or the head of the HSE just to address this. I mean, why tell us we're vulnerable and then leave us sitting there unprotected? Good point. Well made. Okay. Listen, I hope I may get some more calls and texts and comments on this and I'll pick hopefully, up on it in the morning. Thank Mind you. Yourself, Thanks Tim. for listening to me. Okay, see you right. Bye. All the best. Tim Bracken by phone. Pick up on that, lads, if you wish. Love to get your thoughts, opinions and comments. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. I leave you on a light-hearted note um, again because Photo Wildlife is calling with family passes. <laughs> Imagine do live with that. I'm taking that, getting that for a Christmas present. Uh, anyway, what is it? I know it's a bird, but what type? One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Would you go away? Go away! Give me a break. I'm off to the city at lunchtime. I can't wait to check out Princess Street. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. Neil Prendeville, the voice of Cork, weekdays nine to twelve, Cork's Red FM.